Hi. Well, that went longer than it usually does. What time is it? <laughs> it's almost 11.10. Well, okay, then. You know, it's because we're jam full of content, Sarah. It's because we have more things to talk about here than we can possibly get to. And because of our many uh, paid advertisements from our many fine sponsors, uh, who find no greater place on the dial to advertise their wares and services. That's why we're running late today. How is everybody doing? Tim? Fine, fine. Excellent. Sarah? Super. Richie burned the end of his nose, and it's embarrassing, so we'll talk about that later. It's not only embarrassing, it's a great story. It's embarrassing, and it's a great story. <laughs> uh, and it ties into what we were just talking about with Richie here. So uh, we'll get to everything in a moment. Here is your beginning show clip uh, for Wednesday on The Rick Emerson Show. Gentlemen, the 3000 block of Las Vegas Boulevard, otherwise known as the Bellagio, the Mirage, and the MGM Grand. Together, they're three of the most profitable casinos in Las Vegas. This is the vault at the Bellagio. It's located below the strip, beneath 200 feet of solid earth. It safeguards every dime that passes through each of the three casinos above it. And we're going to rob it. Okay, bad news first. This place houses a security system that rivals most nuclear missile silos. First, we have to get within the casino cages, which anybody will tell you takes more than a smile. Next, through these doors each of which requires a different six-digit code changed every 12 hours. Past those lies the elevator. This is where it gets tricky. The elevator won't move without authorized fingerprint identification. Which we can't fake. And vocal confirmation from both the security system within the Bellagio and the vault below. Which we won't get. Furthermore, the elevator shaft is rigged with motion detectors. Meaning if we were to manually override the lift, the shaft's exit would lock down automatically and we'd be trapped. Now, once we get down the shaft, though, then it's a piece of cake. Just two more guards with Uzis and the most elaborate vault door ever conceived by man. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Say we get into the cage and, and through the security doors there and down the elevator we can't move and past the guards with the guns and into the vault we can't open. Without being seen by the cameras. Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, well, say we do all that. Uh, we're just supposed to walk out of there with $150 million in cash on us without getting stopped? Yeah. Oh. Okay. minutes and 12 seconds after the hour of 11 in this the month of april in the year of our lord 2008 thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day we are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of am 970 solid state radio this my friends my amigos mi compadres my fellow travelers in kooky comedy this is the rick emerson cavalcade of whimsy uh it's 503 503-733-2970 503-733 2970. Thank you for coming along. It is Wednesday, and welcome to Day 12. We're here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, 503-733-2970. For your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, your two cents, your ends, or your odds, or quite possibly both. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, 
Richie Bristol, injured though he may be, standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, or the mundane. It's 503-733-2970. You can also email, if that's your particular brand of vodka, it's uh, rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com, Sarah at 970.am, Tim at 970.am, or Richie with a T at 970.am. Uh, anyway, thank you for coming along. Uh, big program today. Here's what's coming up. Uh, we'll be speaking to the uh, one and only Charlie Murphy later on today. Uh, ever so slightly before we speak to Charlie Murphy, there's going to be that awkward segment of the show where I ask you what we need to ask Charlie Murphy. Because I don't really know anything about Charlie Murphy, except that he was on the Chappelle show, which I didn't watch, and Norbit, which I didn't like. So, there we are. And CB4. And CB, I'm sorry, and CB4. I always confuse CB4 with Fear of a Black Hat. Have you seen Fear of a Black Hat? No, no. Fear of a Black Hat was the other sort of rap spinal tap that came out around the same time. It was a, a guy named Rusty Kundiev made it. Um... Anyway, so they came out within about within about six months of each other. It was sort of like how Armageddon and Deep Impact came out at the same time. So there was CB4 and there was Fear of a Black Hat. So I got to make sure I ask him about the right film. CB4 is one with Chris Rock, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, and Charlie Murphy. And I'm sorry, with TV's Charlie Murphy also featuring a young upstart and introducing Chris Rock. So we'll talk to Charlie Murphy later on today. Lisa Desjardins joining us. Should I reveal the conversation I had with Lisa about an hour ago? Yeah. I had the cutest conversation with Lisa uh, from CNN, and I normally don't use the word cute a lot because it's just, you know, it's just a little too cats playing with balls of yarn for my taste. But it really, the the warm line, which is sort of the guest line that people call so they don't, you know, because the other lines might be busy or, you know, whatever. So there's this warm line, which is what guests call or people who we're, we need to have on at a certain time. They got the number, they call up, and, you know, they can bypass the rabble. So the phone rings. It's the warm line, and it's like at 10.35, and Richie isn't around, so I go back and I pick it up, and I, you know, I say, hello, KCMD Portland, and it's this, and it's this uh, kind of half-asleep female voice that goes, hello, Rick? And I thought, and I said, yes, and she said, oh, hi, it's Lisa, I, what time is it? And I, and I said, I don't know, what time do you think it is? And she said, I don't know, am I supposed to be on the air right now? And I said, no, you're not supposed to be on the air for an hour, and we haven't even really booked you with CNN yet. What, what, what seems to be the problem, Lisa? And she said, she said, I don't know, I'm just so sleep deprived and tired. I, I can't read the clock, and I didn't know if I was supposed to be on the air with you. And I said, where are you at? And I think she's in like Muncie, Indiana, or something. No, I'm sorry, she's in Evansville. So Lisa uh, Desjardins is in Evansville, Indiana. And, which I guess is central time or something, but she apparently has not slept at all since the Pennsylvania primary yesterday, has been awake the entire time, doesn't really know what's going on, is just subsisting on just, I think, pure political uh, pure political uh, love and bad room service food at this point. Uh, and I said, well, you know, you're not supposed to be on front. She goes, okay, now CNN might tell you that I'm not available because I haven't slept in a day and a half, but it's okay. You just let them know that, I, that I'm ready. You know, you know, just, I'll call you back in an hour. And I said, okay. And she said, it's all right. I, War Games is on, so I'm just going to watch War Games until we talk. Bye. <laughs> and then that was the end of the call. So that was really, I think, the best interaction I've ever had with her. Uh, so we will talk to uh, the sleep-derived but always game-day-playing Lisa Desjardins uh, later today. Bob Costantini joins us, as he always does. Uh, to answer the magical question, uh, what is John McCain doing uh, during all of this? Uh, we'll have the top five. If we get to today, we meant to get to it yesterday, but then it was going to be Richie's top five, top five songs to which Richie would strip, but then it was sort of taken over by this 
Richie and his many prospective Asian brides. Uh, so anyway, so we'll try to get to the top five today. Uh, Storm, <clears throat> pardon me, Storm Large going to be joining us in the studio later on. Uh, also uh, coming with her will be Byron Beck from the Willamette Week. So that'll be a fantastically awkward They're hour of uh, radio. Yes, yes, they are. Not Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy, I think, on the phone. And then I think Storm and Byron, because they're doing the Candidates Gone Wild thing. I think that's the uh, deal. Oh, okay. Um, so they're doing Candidates Gone Wild, which is like a Willamette Week thing, blah, blah, blah. So, and I, I believe Storm is the MC or the, the, the host or something there. And, you know, Byron is Byron. Eh. So anyway, so they'll be in uh, later on today. Taser Watch coming up today. A fantastic geek watch. I'm looking at it right here. Really, the headline says it all. I almost don't even want to read the headline. It's so good. I'm not going to read the headline. I'm just going to tell you it's fantastic. Double penis watch today. One of them involving lightning. The other one involving theft. Uh, so that's coming up. Uh, what else? Uh, your telephone calls. More about Rick Emerson Listener Party 2008. Emerson's 11, which happens Thursday, uh, May 15th, 8 p.m. Crystal Ballroom featuring the Rick Emerson Roast and Roastmaster Carl Click. Go to 970.am and be voting on the logo. At the end of this week, we're going to pick the logo for Rick Emerson Listener Party 2008. Uh, next week, we will begin looking for a guest roaster from the audience. So more details on that as we go forward. Uh, other things to get to today, but I don't want to tease too much. Oh, we have the Glorious Bastard of the Week. It might, in fact, actually be the Glorious Bastard of the Week from, like, last week. We'll get to it regardless. Tim Riley, as he always does, working on the following stories for your edification. Hillary wins Pennsylvania, uh. but Barack still leads the delegate count, and he has more money. Next up, North Carolina. A grants pass man is charged with kidnapping the same woman not once but twice in one week. A woman is using counterfeit money to buy gas in Gresham, and she's getting away with it. Another woman has been charged with dumping off a dog in the can at the Oregon Humane Society. We talked about her. She got caught on videotape, and her own mother turned her in, apparently. Good for you, Mom. That uh, grizzly bear rescued, uh, wrestled, rather, by Will Farrell in semi-pro has killed its trainer. <laughs> Is that the final tease? Yeah. I didn't know if that was a dramatic pause after the death. I, well, I thought you were going to comment. Uh, no, I except to say that you really did. except that you ought not wrestle with grizzly bears. I mean, really, that's the thing. I think nature has ways of saying what is that? Old, that Gary Larson, that Far Side cartoon, where it says nature's ways of staying away, and it shows a puffer fish with the spikes, and then it shows a tiger with you know the teeth, and then the last one was like a guy wearing a shoe on his head holding a rocket launcher. I mean, that really is the thing with bears. I was just, when we were watching Anchorman at the Baghdad a couple weeks ago, I was thinking about, and I don't know how they filmed that final sequence. Maybe it's the same bear because it was another Will Ferrell movie, but that sequence at the end of Anchorman where Veronica Corningstone jumps into the grizzly pen or the grizzly enclosure, whatever it is, mm. and Ron jumps down to save her, and I immediately regret this decision. Um, and there's that whole sequence where I think Ron Burgundy is standing there, and the bear, Carl El Jarao or whatever his name is, comes over and is standing on his hind legs, roaring at him. And, I mean, I'm sitting there in the safety of the Baghdad Theater in Portland, Oregon, many, many miles and years after the filming of that movie, and it's still terrifying. I would say, let's go around the room. What wild animal comes to mind that you are the most terrified of? Tim. Got to be a bear. Bears are unbelievably scary. I would have to say a bear, too. I mean, they're just freaky. I mean, I'm scared of sharks and all, but I think I would, I would limit this to sort of on-land animal, animals that you might just sort of see in your backyard. I mean, bears are unbelievably freaky. First of all, they're huge. Uh, second of all, they got those massive uh, uh, claws, big fangs, and I remember reading somewhere, I don't know if this is true, this is a thing that I remember hearing in science class, but in science class they also told us that uh, 
In science class, they also told us the rhythm method was like the most effective way to prevent pregnancy. So I don't really know that I'm going to put a lot of weight on that. But I remember uh, being told somewhere in science class as a child that bears could run 30 miles an hour, which is a thing that's always stuck in my head. So I don't know whether that's true or whether that's a thing that I'm just sort of retrospectively fabricating, but it makes them even more terrifying. I think a hyena would be second. Hyenas are hyenas make that weird noise too. I mean, what kind of sick creature laughs about things going on in the jungle? <laughs> it's the Don Rickles of the uh, of the animal world, Tim. All right. I mean, can it be taken seriously? No, no. So. You don't you don't think it's serious until it's pulling out your jugular? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like chewing on your larynx. Who's laughing now? <laughs> Sorry. Joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Why, hello. How are you? Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. You're a little crazy. <laughs> I'm a little crazy. You're a little bit rock and roll, Sarah. It's true. Oh, nothing. I'm, I'm good. I went to a really awesome show last night. MG- now, is it pronounced MGMT or management? They were the management, and then they got sued because uh, uh, there's another band named the management, so now yeah. they're MGMT. All right, excellent. It was amazing. That was at the Doug Fur? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the sort of, they're set up a keyboard, sort of pop group. Yeah, but it's like they have, they're more of like a synth pop kind of group, but um, they're a full on band. Like right. they all are up there performing the music. It was, it was basically like, like a little indie pop jam band. It was really, really neat. Like My wife were... has been playing that CD a lot, and I know you have. I come in and you're playing it uh, here when I get in the morning. So yeah. it was sold out, though, right? Yeah, I mean, it, was it was totally sold out. It was completely crowded. But it was, yeah, it was amazing. It was a really, really good show. Excellent. Uh, anything exciting happen afterward? No. All right. No, just had a just had a grand old time. I saw Dave Zinn there and saw Chris Paddock. And there was like uh, it was all CBS it was a radio. CBS radio time. event. All right, excellent. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to say that I did something exciting last night, but that's not the case at all. In oh, no, I thought you were going to say I'd like to tell you I did something exciting. In, no, in no way did I do anything exciting last night. Um, <clears throat> I got home and and, and Lauren and I got busy moving some stuff around. She's kind of doing this thing where she's remaking the basement, so we got busy uh, moving some stuff around in the basement. Uh, and then it's just sort of the giant couch. Sort of nothing. Yeah, sort of nothing happened beyond that. So um, really, that's I got, what your nights are like. I got as far. You say it like it's a bad thing. I, you know, on a night that I successfully avoid human contact uh, or leaving the house or having to interact or engage with people in any way, and I think Tim would be solidly in my corner on this. That's a win. That's one in the W column for me. Uh, but because the thing is, the thing about being no, it, I see Tim isn't like Tim enjoys the finer things in life. He just doesn't like you know. He just enjoys them alone. Yes. I mean that's fine. I, I don't but, think he sits at home and rearranging his furniture. You know like the you finer do. things in life is a really relative my phrase though. My furniture is too heavy. <laughs> my furniture is too heavy and precious and expensive to be touched by human hands. I have to have cyborgs rubberized come in to touch it. Um, it's the finer things in life is sort of a relative phrase uh, though because you know what I bought here's. Here's a perfect example of this. I got off the air yesterday afternoon, and I needed uh, I needed a little food, and I didn't know whether to walk in the street to the deli or to do whatever. So I went to the kitchen, and I was ecstatic that there was a single Easy Mac uh, left in the kitchen vending machine, except this is the damnable... Are you hooked on Easy Mac now, too? I am, and this is the damnable misery, and I mentioned this to you this morning, is that I made it incorrectly. I somehow ruined it, and I had to throw it away, which is... when you think I don't that... really understand what you mean by incorrectly. And the fact that I ruined something called Easy Mac, and yet it was actually so complex to make that I couldn't figure Figure it out. How do you? Let me ask you this, Sarah, Miss Smarty Pants. How do you make Easy Mac? If you were to walk into the kitchen um, right what now, what I do is I take off the lid and then I take off the little cheese packet thing, then put in the water up to the fill line and put it in for three minutes and thirty seconds, and then let it sit for like thirty seconds after it's done, and then mix in the powder and now, then shove it in my face. I have several issues here. One, do you use? This is what I'm choosing to fill this time in the program with a discussion of how to make instant macaroni. When you make Easy Mac, Sarah, is this? 
First of all, this is a fast-forward to what the show's going to be like when we're all senior citizens, and we're doing it out of some uh, Pensacola uh, nursing home. Sarah, when you make Easy Mac, do you find, <laughs> do you use uh, room-temperature water or that tea hot water on the front of the coffee thing? Just normal water, because it heats up in the microwave. Out of the, out of the, uh, uh, out of the tap. Yeah. Out of the tap or out of the uh, water cooler? Out of the tap. Okay, see, I thought I would... Uh, here's the thing. I thought I would accelerate the cooking process by oh, using... Three minutes and 30 seconds just isn't fast enough, Porky? It's not easy enough. So I I use that hot water that comes out of that red tap at the top on the coffee You're pot. You're not supposed to do that. It doesn't say that. The, the Easy Mac at no point makes any sort of admonition about what temperature the water is. Are you going to go look at it? Are you going to get an Easy Mac and double check my math? All right, fine. Now we can wait. All right. I can wait all day. What does it say? Does it say room temperature water? I think not. All right. Um, Steak all the time. You it need. says add water. Yeah, see? That's but what I'm who saying. Put the, but there's also a picture of a tap right there. Well, but that's a tap. It's just a tap of hot water. No, that's so boiling water. I put the tap water. I put the, uh, the hot water in from the coffee pot. I put it in the microwave. And then I pull it out, and A, I realize it's cooked too long and it's got all mushy. But then I figure, okay, fine, I paid for it. I might as well eat it. But then I think I must have misread somehow how much water to put in there because I add... There's a line. There's a line on the inside that says water line. That's the ironic thing about it, Sarah. It's easy, Mac, and yet for me, not easy so much as it was. It's difficult. It's hard, Mac. (laughs) It's it's troublesome, Mac. And I put in the cheese packet, and I stirred it. What was it, like all a big mush? And then it was still soup. It was like liquid at the end. Like there was no, uh, it had no, 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 no substance to it. So you filled a, like a, a cup of Easy Mac with boiling hot water. I realize now how dumb this sounds. You couldn't find the water line. No. Well, I thought I did. So Maybe you microwave I... it, it turns into a big mushy noodle, and then you still put the cheese in and try to eat it. Is there more than one line inside the Easy Mac? No. Oh. There's just the one, and it's giant, and you can see it, and it says water line. Well, anywho. I'm going to hand these watches to you, Tim, so you can begin preparing them for the news later on. I'll put them in the stack with the others. Um, well, we haven't even talked about Richie's nose. Um, I guess we'll have to do that later, because we'll tie it into the South Sea Connection thing. Uh, the fact that Richie's become some sort of babe magnet recently. So, uh, people had many, many questions and comments about Richie, who's uh, going to be a spokesperson for South Sea Connections, one of our fine advertisers. Uh, and I believe he is already he's already been contacted by upward of 45 lovely Asian ladies. Uh, so we'll talk more about that later. And he got a phone number this morning. He got a phone number this morning at the same moment that he did burn. And I don't mean singed. I mean, the end of his nose is like Rudolph burnt. Richie, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleep tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it looks like a light bright or something. Oh, gross. He sent me a picture of, of it. Of his nose? Richie's sort of a compulsive exhibitionist. You know? Look he at wants... how big that is. <laughs> oh. that, but see, that photograph makes it look better than it is. It actually looks worse than that in person. Is, yeah. Is that going on his personal profile on his dating page? Probably. <laughs> Are you an Asian lady looking for a man with a disfigured nose? He is sort of exhibitionistic, though, uh, because he wanted to show us the whole thing with the pus and then this. And then remember we, when we toured the Swingers Club? Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time we'd want to take a picture, Richie would jump on the bed and pose like He's a copper really tone baby. Pose. Yeah, he would sort of jump. He would just jump on the bed and strike some sort of weird, like, Vogue pose for us. All right, let's take these calls, and then we'll uh, we'll come back. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How can I help you today? Hey, Rick. It's uh, guy yeah, the guy. Yeah, how, how can I assist you today, sir? Yes, oh, uh, hello, you're on the radio. Sorry, sorry I, I thought I heard somebody else talking. Speaking to, that's sorry. me, Rick Emerson. All right, well, so I tried the Nair uh, on a small patch on uh, my neck. Uh-huh. Oh, this is, okay, so you tried the Nair removal product on your on the hair on your neck. What happened? 
Um, for the recommended eight minutes. Eight Not minutes? So, okay, fair enough. Yeah, well, it says fine hair three minutes, coarse hair eight. Right. Do not reapply. Um, and that, no irritation, but, it, but no hair removal. So it didn't actually irritate your skin or have any result or effect of any kind at all? Yeah. Well, and it says, wait for it. It says, try a small patch is what I did to make sure that you don't have any uh, allergy to uh-huh. it. So I'm going to try tomorrow morning. I tried this morning. You should just, just as like a control group, you should try the nair on your leg as well because that's where the ladies use it. I guess. All right. Well, let us let us know that how the next step of the experiment so works. Gonna, so I'm going to try. I'm going to ignore the label again. Excellent. By, use it, by not only using it on my face but reapplying. Reapply it. it several times if necessary. I think I will. All right. Thank you. Let us know how it works. I will. You All right. There you go. Uh, one more, then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. <laughs> Hello? Hey, this is the fog hog. I haven't thought about the fog hog in years. How are you, Mr. Hog? All right. Good to hear from you. Okay. 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 Bye now. Let's take a break, shall we? <laughs> it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Back with Lisa Desjardins. Oh. Maybe the Mac ought to come in three different levels, like easy, medium, and challenging. I think I bought the challenging back by mistake. Well, all right. Yeah. I don't even know. I, I think, and here, but here's the thing: is that in a way, it was good because. Um, the Easy, and it was the last one in the vending machine, too. There was no additional Easy Mac. So I ended up going home and eating healthily, which hadn't really been my plan at all. I had planned just to eat like a pig, as I always do. Uh, but I had no choice but to go home and eat decent, natural food. All right, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. In just a few moments, we'll be speaking to Lisa Desjardins, who's joining us, I think... Uh, Probably from bed, actually. That would be my guess, that she's probably joining us from her bed in uh, her hotel. I don't know. She might have fallen asleep. It's already 37. Well, she was watching War Games, and War Games is fairly gripping, so I would like to think that that kept her conscious, but there's certainly no guarantee of it. She was, she did actually describe herself as one of these bitches. I am so tired of sleep deprived. I don't even know what time it is. But she is a, like I said, she plays through the pain, so she's, um, she presumably will be joining us uh, at some point. Uh, later on, Bob Costantini will uh, join us. Uh, we'll talk to Byron Beck from the Willamette Week. Uh, Storm Large will uh, be joining us as well, and Charlie Murphy. So this is a good time, actually, while we're waiting for Lisa. For Charlie Murphy? Because I don't. Uh, it's I know who he is, but I know that his greatest fame came from the Chappelle Show, which I didn't watch. Uh, and then by the time I sort of was like, I had to watch that Chappelle. Oh, it's gone, you know. And, and I just haven't watched it on DVD yet. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, what ought I be adding? And I guess we can open this up for the people as well. Yeah, we're going to need to because I haven't watched the Chappelle show either. Really? Is that? I thought you did. No. Did you just kind of know it the same way I know it then from YouTube and from other people quoting it? Yes. I basically know the Chappelle show from Kyle, the intern, going, I'm Rick James, bitch. <laughs> and then seeing like four-minute clips of a pa- you know, pastor on, on YouTube. So that's that's it. Yeah, I mean, I've seen episodes of the Chappelle show. I'm just, I was just never as taken by it as like everybody else was. I just don't. My thing is, well, first of all, let me give the number. It's 503-733-2970. So please not to be telling us what we should be asking uh, Charlie Murphy. Uh, brother of Eddie, comedian in his own right, actor, gadfly. I'm going to look up his fine catalog of working. You do that. Uh, 
fine catalog of working. Did you just say that? <laughs> you know, my head just doesn't feel right. All right. Uh, no, that's great. Bite the wax tadpole. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so you know, my whole thing with the Chappelle show is just that it, it's not just that I don't, you know, I, you know, I kind of run hot and cold on comedians, but I really don't care for sketch comedy. Uh-huh. I think that's the thing. And I realized, I mean, you know, growing up, I did, I, you know, I watched SNL as a kid and, you know, and SCTV and all that stuff. But I think that I have just burned out and I, it, maybe it is just a me thing, but I think I've sort of burned out on the whole concept of sketch comedy. Sketch comedy just does seem like like a, a sort of remnant from another time and a, and a thing that I don't I don't necessarily find all that amusing. Very rarely do I see something that is sketch comedy at this point uh, that I find really funny. There was the junk in the box thing, which was good, and you know every that was hilarious. It was funny, and every now and again uh, there'll be something on SNL. Very rarely Mad TV. Uh, that somebody will send to me that I'll find sort of, but I think that that the Sa- the Saturday Night Live parody that they do of Sex in the City is one of the most genius things I've ever which seen. Which I've never seen. It was Christina Aguilera playing Samantha, talking about how she was a dude. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny. Uh, I think a lot of it, it, I think a lot of the sort of stuff that sketch comedy used to do has been uh, it's kind of been taken over by things uh, not unlike John Stewart or the Colbert Report or whatever. So I just anyway, so I'm not like all that, and I've never seen his stand-up. So has he been? Has Charlie Murphy been a stand-up comic, like, all along, and we're just now? Or has he become a stand-up comic to sort of leverage the fame he got off the Chappelle show? I don't know, because I'm looking at this, and it looks like he's been acting since uh, 89. Really? We he's just, been acting for a while. Did we just never notice him? Because he, he was, was in Jungle to Fever, too, Rick. Really? With Wesley Snipes? Yeah, he was living large. I and he even... was also in uh, Night at the Museum. Playing himself as the taxi driver. Oh, no, no, no. I've seen that. I saw that by accident on HBO sometime back. All right. So, by the way, I'm looking at the clock here. And so, we, here, we have an awkward choice. We can either... Do you have her phone number? Wow. I do. I have her cell phone number. Um, so, I have it in my email. We could also call CNN because CNN knows that she's down to talk to us, right? Yeah. The thing is... I, it's, it seems almost certain that she's overslept at this point. Are we going to feel kind of bad calling and waking her up? Oh, wait. Oh, uh, Richie's made the decision for us. Thank you, Richie. I just saw the warm line pick up right there. So uh, Richie has already made the decision for us uh, okay. about, about how we're going to proceed. All right. So, I guess, so, he will be, um, so he will be obtaining Lisa Desjardins uh, in just a second. Then we'll talk to uh, Bob Costantini. See, now I'm just getting a lot of emails about Charlie Murphy saying, ask Charlie what, hell, what the hell happened to his brother. Why isn't he funny anymore? I am going to ask him about Norbit, though. Here's the thing. Here's how I'm going to position it. Are you going to do it as, like, the most underrated comedy? No, no, I'm not, because Thank that's God. not true. That's that's not true. Here's the thing. You could give Norbit, like, zero out of 100 stars, and it would still be overrated. But what I'm going to ask him is, I will do the thing that we sometimes do when you don't know how to approach a sort of sensitive or awkward issue. I'm going to put it on him, and I'm going to say... Norbit, do you feel like that movie got a bad rap? See, that way I'm not staking out my position. It doesn't put me in the... No, because then he could get defensive, though, Rick. He could be like, oh, what? So what are you saying? You're saying that I'm uh, good? I'm, it was nominated for an Oscar, Rick Emerson. I'm saying the general, or Emmy or whatever the, the general consensus is that Norbit uh, did not necessarily achieve its comedic aims. See, I'm already using you as a stand-in for Charlie Murphy. Uh, but I'll ask him if he thought it got a bad rap. All right. Has he written anything else? Has he... Has he done anything else um, of note? Recently, it, his movie The Hustle is in post-production. Norbit, bad rap. All right. The Hustle. Oh, can I say something quick about sketch comedy? Yes. Why it isn't big anymore? Uh-huh. You know, that goes back to the era. 
back to the, maybe the 60s for the variety shows when people would put on one TV channel and leave it there for the rest of the night. Yes. So people would put on these lame sketches and these fat people are sitting in chairs drinking beer all night. Too lazy to get out of the chair and change the channel. <laughs> and so it just it just sort of became it became popular by default. Correct. It people just, did not get up to change it so you could get away with it. Well, you know, the television channels used to be, I say in the most American phrase of my life, television channels used to be really hard to change. Uh, because you would have to get up and walk across the room, and then you would have to lean into that ka-chunk thing on the big dial. And then, as you noted, well, first of all, there are two levels to this. A, at one point, uh, they were the only the three channels to choose from. And people had children, so they could send the children over to change a channel. Absolutely. Uh, and get Daddy a beer while you're at it. Mm-hmm. And then there was that thing later on, like in the 70s and the 80s, where you would put the big dial on you, and then the smaller dial would be like 2 through 98. And let me let me just ask you this. And then we'll, and we'll I think this is Lisa. So Lisa. Lisa. So we'll welcome uh, Lisa. And we've got to be sure moment. to get uh, Bob on time, too, because he's only available till 55. Okay. Um, so w- when you would uh, be watching UHF and you would have the big channel on, the big dial on you and then the smaller dial on, like, that, that other one that went all the way up to 100, were you always irritated and frustrated that there weren't 100 channels? I mean, why did that other television dial go to 98 when there was only four channels on it? What is the point of that? Why it was like it was—it really was like it was just designed to toy with television-fixated adolescents. There seems to be no rhyme or reason behind that television dial's creation. And we're done. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the bustling hotbed that is Evansville, Indiana. CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello. Hello. Hi. How, how are you doing today? Dude, I'm I'm okay. I'm, I'm a little little punchy. Let me and ask. I'm not doing okay. Let me ask you this. Uh, so you and I spoke about uh, seventy minutes ago. I'm presuming you remember that. Um, yes. <laughs> did Did we actually uh, wake you up just now to do this? And if so, let me apologize. No, no, uh, you did not. It, it, it again was the time change thing. Being here in Indiana in the corner that is on Central Time, I I misset my little alarm for this. Uh, so is Indiana one of those states where it's, it's like if you step across the street suddenly it's yesterday or something or it's two hours in the future? Yes, each county can determine which time zone it is in, essentially. All right, this is why local government should sometimes not be left to their own devices, because then you seriously, because then you go across town to go to the bank and it's it's Tuesday. Um, all right, right. So let's talk uh, real uh, briefly about last night. So um, the so Hillary's victory expected her margin of victory higher or lower or just what we thought it was going to be. I think higher than most people expected, but I, I think I think it's just just on the beginning edge of what she needed. And I saw uh, Obama's uh, I saw the call it a concession speech, which is sort of speech afterward, uh, in which he does seem to be sticking to uh, he does seem to be tilting everything toward McCain even more so than before. He is just sort of operating, I think, under the theory that that perception is reality, and he is going to just act as though he is the nominee. Uh, hmm. And and just try to leave. That seems to be my read on it. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that, but he doesn't seem to be taking it for granted as such. But he does seem to be trying to project the air of inevitability, especially last night. I think that's possible. He, you know, that's last night. It was basically his stump speech with a few a few changes to it. Uh, but you know, I think he's going after Hillary Clinton uh, more. And I think even in last night's speech, you could hear that where he. He really felt he he said that she is someone who he thinks is for the status quo, and he is someone who is for change. She's a Washington culture. He's outside Washington culture. I think he does keep his 
his toughest stuff for John McCain, but I think he's still he's still pretty tough on her. No, Hillary Clinton said something. I think uh, it might have been yesterday morning. I forget exactly when she said this, but it was it was sort of a tack that she took that I thought was really effective, um, which is that she she basically said, "Well, Barack's got all this money." Uh, he's got all these young people. He's got all this internet presence. Presence. Why can't he win any of the big states? It's just that's the reason. She said that's the thing people really should be asking themselves is why can't he seem to win any of the big states? And it was if I were Hillary Clinton, and I am not because I don't have her stylish taste in pantsuits. Uh, <laughs> I would just saver. I would be asking that question over and over again. Is look okay? So he's he's apparently uh, you know everybody's favorite guy. Why can't he seem to win uh, any state of any size? Because that does call into question, in a great sort of grounded way, his electability uh, come this fall. It, it, it is, it is a, I think it is a good strategy for her to be saying that and, and talk about what he needs to do in the fall. And I think in the exit polls last night in Pennsylvania, we saw probably a greater divide than we've seen yet in the Democratic race. And, and so all these divides that have bubbled up were even more profound yesterday with Obama getting... Um, you know, eight to one among black voters and Hillary Clinton getting, you know, winning whites by 20 points, for example. And she won women by a lot. He won men by just a little bit. You know, but that said, Obama's got a point, too, saying, hey, you know, the way this works is you're supposed to get the most delegates and then you win. <laughs> you know, and so, and I have the most delegates. And she really can't catch him in those delegates at this point. And I, I think it is a little bit of spin on her part. He's won some significant states that will be in play in the fall. Virginia comes to mind, uh, and he did very well there, much better than she did. Uh, and you're right. And, and he kept it close in Texas. And, in fact, he won. Uh, if you think of the caucuses, he won. Uh, that His spin would say he, he won more votes there. But it's, it, is, it is a close race. So he's, he's going to say she keeps changing the goal line. First it was, you know, you, you need to win primaries and caucuses, and he won primaries, and now it's the big state argument. But I think you're right. I think last night's results that do potentially spell trouble, at least in Pennsylvania, for him. Um, as we sort of get ready to wrap this up, uh, two things. One, <laughs> you... Blah. No, 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 that's, it, it, it's okay. I just uh, I feel bad every moment that I'm keeping you from being unconscious. <laughs> no. uh, a, thank you for the... Lisa sent me the, the most fantastic cell phone uh, pictures yesterday. One of a big pile of foil-wrapped Philly cheesesteak sandwiches that no one was eating. They were just sitting on a table alone, uh, which you said was a testament to how overfed the press corps was. And B, a woman wearing what must really be called the worst outfit I've ever seen on anybody. It was a full-on head-to-toe pantsuit uh, made out of a fabric that had a cartoon drawing of Hillary Clinton on it. Yes, and there was yes. no indication the woman had it on, ironically. Right, it, right, and it was all in primary colors that had yeah. been you know, somehow uh, air-hosed on, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> on, on, on that note, I think we might let you get some sleep. Did you end up? Did you finish watching War Games, or did you just uh, did you just sack no, out after we talked? It's actually it's in, it's in the culminating moment right now when they're playing tic tac toe so that Joshua can learn. A strange There's game. No point to nuclear game, nuclear war. I'm going to leave you then with this little tidbit. Do, uh, do you know? It is uh, metaphorical, isn't it, for the uh, the Clinton Obama race, perhaps? Anyway, do you know who was originally uh, uh, cast as uh, Professor Falcon? No. John Lennon. John Lennon. That, no see, kidding. That part was written for John Lennon, and then, of course, he wasn't able to do it. But that is, imagine him in that role, and you can find that it fits yeah. flawlessly in your head without any effort at all. That's so true. Wow. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day uh, and uh, your travels, and we will talk to you, uh, if not tomorrow, then in the immediate future. 
Excellent. All right. Thank you for sacrificing okay. uh, some rest for us. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> sure thing. There you go. Bye. Lisa Desjardins in Evansville, uh, Indiana. What a trooper she is. Come on. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Excellent. Wonderful. All right. Uh, so Bob Costantini uh, will join us here right there. As a matter of fact, I see him uh, later on. Tim Riley, we at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, we have um, we have Jim Rope. I guess not. We have Charlie Murphy, uh, Storm Large, Byron Beck, etc. All coming up, ladies and gentlemen. Let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson program from the Hill. CNN Radio correspondent Bob Costantini. Hello, hey, Rick, Bob. How are you? How are you, sir? Uh, very good, very good. Uh, you sound as though you you're full of vim and vigor of life, ready Just, to take. Uh, yes, you've been uh, you've been always my colleague, uh, who uh, had to, had some words with Obama today, or was able to talk to him. I here's the thing about Lisa. I'm pretty sure at this point, if you ask Lisa her middle name, I don't know that she'd be able yeah. to conjure it up. It sounds like she's been awake for about nine days. Which she, is, she probably has. Which is great. I mean, but you know what it is? She's a trooper. Just like you'll get those whenever anybody decides to drop a lit, you know, cigarette inside some California forest. And then you'll get Roop, who's been on the clock for 49 hours. But, you know, but it's like the longer, but it's sort of that thing where the, the longer, uh, like especially with Jim Roop, the longer he is awake, sort of the more, like the sharper he becomes in some weird way, where he just becomes, he just becomes some kind of like Cyberdyne Newsborg 7000 that just comes on and delivers the news and nothing but the news and won't be stopped by petty human weaknesses. He did, um, he did something like 50 some live shots uh, when the, uh, the torch was being oh, dude. <laughs> attacked in uh, San Francisco. They had him on for 21 hours straight. Yeah. Uh, I think he said he got on the clock at 4 a.m., and it was the next morning at 1 a.m. when yeah. someone in Atlanta finally looked at his schedule and went, who's this Jay Roop? It looks like he's been on for a full day. Yeah. So, in any event... Um, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about John McCain. First of all, did you see the altogether horrific and embarrassing thing that John McCain and all the other candidates did on the world wrestling yeah. thing on Monday? <laughs> um, come on now. They they are human beings, and they they like to uh, lighten it up just a little bit every once in a while. I suppose. But don't you get the feeling that, if, for example, with Hillary, Hillary being the most blatant example, every time that she has to do something like that, don't you get the sense that they put her down on a workbench and they pry open a panel on her back and they try to they put in, like, the humor chip? It's it, it's just a, a, a human uh, touch, if you uh -huh. will, be trying like, to be funny. Be like that. What is it? Is it? Uh, is it? Uh, uh, what is the Star Trek? Is it? Is it Star Trek Insurrection? What is the Star Trek where they put that they put that emotion chip into Data so that he can simulate I, human feelings? <laughs> I get the feeling that there's somebody I don't know doing that one. That there's you know uh, that there's J James Carville or somebody's bolting one of those on the back of Hillary's cortex every time she has to go on television and tell yeah. a joke. They go out of their comfort zones every once in a while, um, and uh, as uh, was what, well, they've all appeared on Saturday Night Live, and Senator McCain even hosted it once. Um, so it's it's an attempt to try, try to appeal to uh, younger people, I guess, and and people who aren't necessarily going to be focused on politics. I'm so. going to make a, one observation and then ask you a question. My observation sure. is that John McCain's skin sometimes looks as though it's made out of wood. He, I don't really know to what to ascribe that. Uh, he, but well, he had. Uh, uh, cancer, some skin cancer on his face, uh, and then he, um, uh, it has. Uh, he's had a lot of treatments, and he has to stay out of the sun. I do know that. Is that true? Because it sometimes, yeah. really, you do. Let me just say, sometimes when John McCain comes to the screen, you expect to see him saying, "Welcome to the Hall of Presidents." <laughs> what well, he's got to be really happy though that that Hillary won last night, because the longer Hillary and Obama fight it out, the the more weakened the the Democratic opponent will be going into the fall. You know what? I am going to be contrarian about that. It's funny. I don't necessarily think 
uh, that this is really that bad for the Democratic Party. And the reason uh, being, and, you know, a lot of people will disagree with this, needless to say, um, but uh, the reason being is we're talking about it now. Think about, uh, let's say, June, I mean, June, uh, April, late April of 2004. Uh, how much might you have been talking about it? Because when John Kerry won the Iowa primary, the whole thing was effectively over, and for months and months, people weren't interested in it. Average, you know, folks. But this time around, you know, we here at CNN Radio in particular, I, you know, I'll say we're doing a lot more, uh, you know, campaign coverage, a lot more things related to the campaign, uh, making more appearances. So there's a genuine greater interest, I think, this time around. And I don't necessarily think that that's bad for the Democrats. So you subscribe um, and, to and, you know, I, I think it's wonderful in general for the public. You, you subscribe to the theory that it's just sort of any publicity is good publicity in terms of the Democratic race. Yes. Now, if I, you know, ever get in trouble, I'll call, I'll let you know what I think of that idea. But uh, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> but uh, I think it, I think it does it does show that people are much more interested this time around than they would have been in April of 2004 when you know John Kerry had coasted to the nomination. I'm going to have to put that in my mental file, uh, Mark. Sure. Things to ponder. Think about uh, that. All right, Bob. As Take always, care. a pleasure. Have a great day, sir. Be good. There Thanks, you for go, Bob. Constantini, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I love that guy. There you go. Have I mentioned that I love this show? I love everything about it. I love every single thing we do here. That's right. so cute. Be good. Be good. Be good. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. By the way, I would like to draw attention to the fact uh, that there's not a single observation about what we, what we should ask Eddie Murphy, except for all of the emails saying, ask him what happened to his brother. So we have Charlie Murphy coming on. Oh, late. God, don't call him Eddie Murphy. Did I, I, did I just Murphy. say Eddie? Oh, <laughs> I can so, already see this going so Eddie, poorly. Let me just, I, I left you in trading places. Yeah, let's make a, let's make a note to ourselves uh, not to do that. Wow. All right. Uh, well, in any event, well, uh, that was like a that was a flash into the future. <laughs> Did I do that with somebody at one point? Did I call somebody by some other name, or maybe I was just afraid of doing that? It seems like there was somebody at some point I'm, in the past. I'm petrified of calling people names, like their names, because even if I know someone's definitively a certain name, I've been wrong so many times in the past. I just won't say their name. Let me ask you this: We can all speak openly and honestly now. Uh, and then we'll take a break. Come back, Tim Riley here. Um, Likas was talking about this the other day about how, you know, he, you know, he, especially, you know, in Los Angeles, he's kind of a known person. And he'll, you know, he's out and about and he goes to, like, you know, he goes to hockey games and he goes to, you know, it's a big, he, I think he, I think he goes to see the Lakers. I think he might be a Lakers fan, but he goes to a lot of sporting events and, you know, wine tasting stuff. And, you know, he's, you know, kind of out with his, with his crew and whatever. But how guys will come up and they'll be like, hey, Tom. And he does that thing of being unsure if he's met them or not. And then, if he has met them, like not necessarily conjuring up the name. And he talks about a thing that does happen, I think, in radio and, and maybe broadcasting in general, but I think specifically in radio where, the, you know, and, and I'm this way with people. You hear you hear a guy on the radio every day. You listen to someone on the radio and you feel like, like you really know him. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, even if you have never met the person on the radio, you introduce yourselves to them as though you have met many, many, many times. And I've totally done that to people. I mean, even just even now working in radio, I will sometimes meet other radio people, and I will introduce myself as though we've just been hanging out forever. Mm. Uh, I, I was talking about Scott Farrell uh, last week, and I met Scott Farrell some years back. And I had just listened to the guy. It was a huge fan. I did the same thing with uh, when I met Dr. Demento. Uh, I was like, Dr. Demento, hey, great, good to see you. you know, and he's just like, hey, 
who are you? Who are you? And I said, oh, I'm sorry, Rick, we've never met. Um, but have you ever had this happen where somebody uh, will either, like maybe sometimes maybe a listener will come by, somebody will come to the studio, or just somebody you meet in public, and they will come up, and they'll be like, hey, Sarah, and you will have to just bend yourself into linguistic pretzels to not put yourself in a situation where you would have to use their name. Mm-hmm. Where you'll just have to, how can I construct all these sentences Daily. so I don't require a name? Daily. I am, I'm so bad with names. Yeah. And it's, and, you know, it's not. And, like, like you see, and you see people's faces, like, if you're on the Internet and, like, you're used to seeing their picture. Sometimes it's like, well, have I actually met them in person or right. have I just seen their picture a lot of times? Um and, you, yeah, you're not sure if you've met them virtually or if you've just, if you recognize the voice or like maybe that, just... Yeah, that guy who came through uh, a few weeks back, the one who was driving. What guy? What's his name? <laughs> I know it's abbreviation. It's, it's T-G. Thomas. Thomas. Thank you. Yeah, when Thomas came through. I thought that Is I it met... Thomas or am I bluffing? I, I'm pretty sure it's Thomas. <laughs> See? No, it's Thomas. Okay. Uh, but I know him because he calls himself T-E-G, right? That's what I just said, T-E-G. That's the, yeah, the guy. Yeah. And so you go, hey, T-E-G, and then you find yourself... I will actually do that with people where the I have to mentally check myself so I don't call them by a MySpace name mm. or by a wacky, let that guy Viking Courier Dan. You can't introduce a grown man. This is Viking Courier Dan. I mean, that's fine between he and I. You can't, can't go introducing if the general manager's standing there. Hey, Dave, meet Viking Courier Dan. That just doesn't really work. So I will just do everything I can to create sentences that don't require the use of somebody's name because, as I've said many times, I am... I'm terrible with names. And that's not just because, you know, in the radio and you, you meet a lot of folks. I mean, just, like, I've always been that way. I mean, when I was 10 years old, I couldn't Me remember too. And it's name. not like I don't care. It's just like it'll just go in one ear and out the other, and it's just totally gone. Yeah. Even when I just meet somebody, I'm like, hi. I met somebody yesterday named Jake, I think. And he said his name, and I forgot it instantly. Instantly. As as he said it. I'm like, what is wrong with me? It's I, not like you're not an interesting person. I just can't. It doesn't stick. I think it's like how some people just can't do math or whatever. I just can't do names. And, I, and I've tried all those tricks that you're supposed to do where you come up with like a mnemonic device. God, when I did, uh, when I was performing at the Aladdin a couple weeks ago, Jarris in the hospital. And so I got this guy, Dave, uh, who was going to play guitar, taking the place of Jarris for the night. I mean, filling in anyway for Jarris. And... I had to come up with a mnemonic device in my head to remember his name because I didn't want to muff the name live. So I had to create some stupid mnemonic bite, you know, Queen Victoria eats cold apple pie, like some stupid mnemonic thing in my head to remember it. So, all right. Um, I, one final note about names. I went to the Franklin Covey seminar some years back because I'm a big Franklin planner nerd. And um, th- this guy comes in and he leads the, and it's like an all-day seminar. It's like nine hours on how to use this day planner. So you go to this Franklin Covey seminar, and this guy comes in. He's such a dick. He comes in and does this. There's 30 people in the room because it was the whole radio cluster where I worked. All the managers come in, and it's a whole day-long seminar for the managers on how to use their Franklin planner. The guy comes in who's leaving. The guy comes in from Franklin Covey who's leading the seminar, goes around the room, shakes hands, introduces himself to all 30 people, and then walks to the front of the room, starts at the left corner, and goes all the way around the room and lists off everybody's name. Hmm. 30 names that he just met like 15 seconds earlier. And just, what was this for? It was for the flank, my Franklin planner. There's, mm. I took a seminar on how to use it effectively because I'm a tool. Um, but this guy came in and in the space of about 90 seconds met 30 people and then recited all of their names back in order. I mean, it was That's just insane. Nice. And you just want to go up and beat him. You just want to go beat his ass for being a show-off and smarter than me. All right. Speaking of smarter than me, Tim Riley, are you preparing news for us? Yes, and some surprising things you may not have heard of before. Is something waiting to kill your loved ones? We'll have that story and more around the corner. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program.
It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, Storm Large, Byron Beck from the Willamette Week, the top five, Charlie Murphy. More of your phone calls and You're more. You're giving yourself a complex. <laughs> I know. Maybe I should just have a... I'll just have the news bot come and do my part. Ladies and gentlemen at the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. The very thought of a news bot leaves me trembling. <laughs> does it, does it, uh, does it, it put the, the cold... Cold feeling into your bones, Tim. Well, I'm just wondering if the voice of the newsbot has been chosen yet, and if oh. they're holding auditions. You haven't heard the newsbot? We uh, we, we started the newsbot uh, early morning in limited release. There's a, there's a beta <laughs> version of the newsbot running in early mornings. What time does it play? Did you not uh, Did you not see there was a little ink about it in Street Talk today in R and R, Tim? Did you not see that? <laughs> we haven't really made. We're sort of beta testing it. We haven't really made an announcement about it yet. We were kind of rolling it out to see if it worked. Well, I have and it. Then, if you wanted to play it, and then Susan is, and then Susan might put together some uh, some press release for the Portland area if it's sort of uh, if it seems to be working. What time is it playing? Uh during at the top of the hour during Dennis Miller. Oh well, that's okay. No, of course, of course, it, it would it would not play at any time that would compete with the oh, magic t- and glory. That you have to hear it though. It's All right, I want to hear it. Do you want to hear the news bot? I might right, as well. Yeah. Do you have the card, Sarah? Yeah. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is we're not going to a break. Nor has Tim been replaced by a robot. Uh, this is a. Uh, but we we uh, we have rolled this out sort of uh, what do they call it under the under the radar whatever without really any fanfare we've sort of been rolling this out during Dennis Miller in the mornings um, and you received a, a a rave response about it <laughs> management seems very happy with the new direction oh, sure. the station's taking upper management at CBS really seems to have embraced the idea Tim well I think I'd like to hear it <laughs> okay. ladies and gentlemen here's your uh, I here's, embrace technology here's your news bot with my hands around its neck <laughs> and now from the CBS radio center in downtown Portland this is the news from the CBS newsroom on newsbot 7521 Child welfare officials in Texas are in the process of moving 437 children of a polygamous sect to temporary foster care facilities around the state. Officials have said they will try to keep siblings together when possible, though some polygamous families may have dozens of siblings. Highway work is underway to relieve the I-5 bottleneck near Delta Park. Currently, southbound traffic narrows to two lanes and creates a serious backup which can stretch northward well into Vancouver. Your weather forecast looks rainy again during the week with a high at 55. Then partly sunny this weekend with highs in the 60s. In the CBS Newsroom, I'm Newsbot 7521. And that's the frequency kind of. Now here's Doyle Redland at the Onion News Desk. Poor, poor story choice. <laughs> and who doesn't know what the weather's going to be? I don't need to be told that by a robot. <laughs> and he does have a slightly stilted delivery, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's full of attitude. <laughs> I don't like the cut of that robot's jib. <laughs> uh, all right, then. Well, let's hear the robot tell you that you probably can't vote. Oh, what? Who? You heard me. You mean me specifically or us as people? You. Oh. Me. All of us? Perhaps. As it turns out... Wait, is this breaking news? No, not really. Oh. It's, it's common knowledge that most Oregonians don't know about. Now, if you want to vote in Oregon's primary May 20th... Wait, this might be a thing my wife asked me about last night. Go ahead. Okay. 
You have to choose a party. You may not be an independent. My wife asked me this last night. I heard and, I, and I double checked with Lacey because she would know, and this is Oregon law. If you're an independent it, and you don't belong to a party, you may not vote. And I'm a registered independent. Me too. Me too. Okay, it affects us all. So we can't. Is it too late? No. It's no, I until April 29th. I registered to vote last night. So how do I do it? Well, you can go online to OregonVotes.org. And the thing never loads. <laughs> I've tried it three times. You can go there and wait endlessly. All right. Or, you know, you used to be able to get cards at the post office. I don't know if you still can or not. How does it, if you go online, how does it know who you are? How do you... Well, you download it, and then you mail it to the appropriate place. Oh, you have to mail, you have to mail it in? Yeah, with a stamp. You're kidding me. That's no. insane. It is. So uh, you have until April 29th, and if you do not belong to a party, you must choose one. Change your registration and do it before April 29th. Otherwise, you can't vote in the primary. It is really interesting that you brought this up because my well, wife and I... Is. My, my wife... The news bot wouldn't do it. He's reading day-old headlines of stories nobody could care about. And giving a weather forecast that, that's the shock to everyone. It's going to rain. You're kidding me. Without, without any sort of flair or panache. And... Save a few cents and what you get. I think Tim's really taken with the news box. It sounds like the beginning of a wonderful partnership. <laughs> um, well, in any event, uh, I'm, I'm sure a PD bot is to follow. Uh, and here's HostBot7991. Uh, so, no, I was talking to my wife last night, and we were watching um, the Pennsylvania primary. How did it become 1214 already? <laughs> That's not possible. Oh, my God. It is. What, <laughs> what's been going on? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. I wasn't out of the room that long, was I? <laughs> what have we done? And Rick, you're going to be talking to Eddie Murphy in a few here. Shh, you just said Eddie Murphy. I know. I'm trying to put it in your head. <laughs> don't. I swear to God. If I call him Eddie Murphy because you said that, there's going to be a, there's going to be a beating. Ask him if he's still picking up. You know what? On Santa Monica Boulevard. Are you? What am I? What is with you and hookers? transvestite hookers? Um, trying to Wait, give them a ride and get them out of the rain. I think they were transvestites, weren't they? I don't remember. I think maybe Danny Bonaducci picked up a transsexual. Tell him you can't remember. Would you like to? Was that a transvestite or a transsexual that you picked up? Please, not to clarify. Um, I really don't know what we've been doing for an hour and fifteen minutes. All right. Uh, but last night we were watching the Pennsylvania primary. And you know Obama's given his uh, given his speech, and then Hillary gave you know rah, 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 and gave her thing, and I just point blank asked <laughs> asked my wife. I said um, I said who you, I said who are you going to vote for? Uh, and I, you know maybe you're not supposed to ask that, but I just said who are you voting for, honey? And she said she actually didn't even she said you know I don't know, but it occurred to me that we might not be able to vote because we're registered independents. And you know now would you like to know? Here's something that is true. If I could get her on the phone, I would ask her this, but she's not free today. Do you know what she said, Tim? What? This is what she said. When I said, is that true, honey? We might not be able to vote. My wife, I hand to God, I swear that she said this. Ask the news boss. She said, ask Tim. Me? She said, ask Tim Riley Me. about that tomorrow. She did. I, I still swear to you. need it again. <laughs> I swear to you, uh, on, on all that I hold dear to me, uh, on this Blood Rock LP that we got in the mail yesterday, mm -hmm. my wife's response was, Ask him, because we need to know what to do. Well, you needn't, because I told you. <laughs> so, there you go. Honey, Tim, from Tim's mouth to your ear. Uh, so we need to go online to a thing that will never load. No, it won't. I tried it three times. Turns out a thing that I'll forget to mail. I had to reboot the computer three times because I, it just wouldn't go away. Well, that's fantastic. It gave me a blank page. You uh -huh. know what? If you go, if you walk down Hawthorne um, 
they have people, you know, like the like the clipboard people. They have some some people with tables. Well, it kind of darned it. I guess I want to talk to them for once then. But I, I know, seriously, huh? But it kind <laughs> of. Usually hate people. With I hate them so much. But it kind of pisses me off. I mean, it's like why? Well, what is it? Let me ask you this. Also, it's Oregon law. It's unfair. I mean, what's the reason of having? What is an the reason, party? Tim? Do you know the reason? No, I don't. I mean, there, there doesn't seem to be any reason behind it. You I must don't... belong to a party. Well, that seems un-American. This is under current state party laws. That doesn't seem like the America I know. Well, this is the America that you'll have to get to know. I mean, Otherwise, this... you're not going to be able to vote. I mean, it just... It, it... So you're here to, to, till April 29th to get over this anger. I mean, I, I, I understand... That's the story of my life. You, look, you have to get over... You let it go, Rick. Uh, my so-called life was canceled 12 years ago. Move on! Eh... Uh... If I got over my anger, there would be no program. Suddenly, we would say, "My gosh, it's at 11:01 already. What if? What are we going to do?" The the thing about that is, I understand. These are probably all people calling to talk about this. The uh, I understand maybe that if you're registered as a Democrat, you can't vote for a Republican because of that thing that they don't want people switching parties to vote to get the weakest candidate on the ballot. And even even that, I think you ought to be able to do. I mean, you, we ought to live in a, you know, we live in some sort of a representative democracy slash republic. So you really ought to be able to vote for whoever you want, even if it's just to screw with the system. But you can't, Blanche. you got to pick one party. <laughs> that was great. Um, uh, hi, I've written a letter to the governor addressed to heaven. No, there's no joke. I can't do that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, got a couple things. Uh, one about Richie and his uh, shopping for Asian women. He's not shopping for Asian okay. oh, women. Oh, I'm sorry. With a shopping cart <laughs> going up and no. down the aisles. Number of seven, please. <laughs> my question is... At Fubon. Yes. My question is, um, don't you think there's going to be some disappointed ladies when they find out that Richie is, in fact, Asian? I, I, I you can tell from his picture. It doesn't say... I don't think he's hiding the fact that he's Asian. It doesn't say that they're... This isn't like they're looking for white men. I don't think it says oh, that. Okay. Is that the... Like, if I was... I'm going to get a bride from the Philippines. I'd be kind of pissed if she was from Clackamas. Like, no, no, I'm just living in the Philippines. How great would that be if you if you're going to get a, a bride from Singapore and she's from Gresham? Um, no, no I, I don't I don't believe that, sir. Uh, love sees no color. That's that's just true. All right. But I mean, they may have their heart set on an American dude. Somebody from Richie is somebody from the Kingdom of Nye. Yes. Richie is American, sir. What? Okay. okay where well, do you think Richie lives? Maybe it's a genetic thing with them. What? With I, well, okay, you you don't have to be a Caucasian to be born in America. Are you doing a bit of some kind? Okay, now my thing on Charlie. No, 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 no. You're not moving forward yet. Okay. Are are you in fact doing like a, a a character? Are you doing a bit here? Uh, I could. I mean, it's no, no, no. Please I don't. Pick it up. No, this whole. Let no, me. What ask I'm you. saying, maybe that they're you know, they, you never know. They may they may have a fetish. The who women is, over there. Who is they? The women that are looking for a husband. Okay, let's back up Maybe for a second. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's okay. just let's all take a breath. So, when you say they think Richie's an American, what what do you think Richie is? Well, I know Richie's an American. I talk to the guy every day. So why would they be disappointed? Not by talking to him that he's well, because like I say, maybe they have prejudice themselves. I think they're also. Oh, do you think they might be looking for a Caucasian suitor? It could, it could be. Yeah. It's funny that you didn't say Caucasian though. They might be looking for an American. Okay, I'm sorry. I think I understand what's going on here, Lars. <laughs> All right. No. So you you believe no. that, but you believe that just as some men favor Asian women or have a preference, exactly. You believe they, that perhaps the Asian women might favor uh, a Caucasian man. Exactly. All right. I don't That's think. 
I don't think that's the case. And here's here's why. Because Richie put his photo up. Now, granted, the photo's taken from like 100 feet away, and he's covering most of his face. But you can tell uh, that Richie is Asian. And he got immediately 37 different responses. All right. You got like 10 seconds to make this a better call. We're gonna, okay, Charlie we're gonna... Murphy, question. Uh, ask him if he likes being compared as the, uh, the black Joe Piscopo. And I'm out. A better idea is that I never do that. Thanks. Wow. You're really getting no helpful suggestions for your Seriously. Energy. Just comments about Richie's, quote, shifty eyes. All right. And shiny nose. Here's, here's, where'd you get all, here's, where'd you get all that nose? Here's Tim Riley. So I'm trying this Oregon uh, voter registration website again, and it still doesn't work. So. Oh, great. Well, I'll find one of those. Why, are they, why don't they want us to have democracy? It's true. All right. I, I still, I would like to find somebody from the state to explain to me. Like, the thing is, if you're allowed to change all the way up until April 29th, which is what, next week? Mm -hmm. um, like, what is the, the what is the point? I mean, in other words, it seems like they're not really preventing. If their goal is to prevent some sort of electoral mischief, they're not really preventing that if all you have to do to screw with the program is go online and fill out a form and send it on in. Cost mm -hmm. 44 cents or whatever. So, yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Is this? Are you calling about the uh, the voter registration, sir? Uh, yes, sir. I was just at the post office um, changing my uh, changing my affiliation to Democrat so I could vote, mm -hmm. and uh, heard you talking. And so I grabbed some cards. If you'd like to register, I could I could bring them right by. Would we like that? We would. We would. Excellent. Thank you, sir. I okay. appreciate that. Thank that you. would uh, thank you kindly. Got to get directions. Uh, where are you at? Um, are you at KUFO? Yeah, we're in the same building. I know, I know where that is. All right, excellent. I'm that on would, well, that would Third be, Avenue. That would be most appreciated, my friend. No, we're on First Avenue. No, no, well, okay. he's on Third. Oh, yeah, are you I'm on, on my way. Okay, so yeah, we are on first, 2040 Southwest First. The gatekeeper will be there uh, waiting for. You. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate. Thank you my for friend. enabling our say in this democracy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Best show ever. Yeah, Thanks. Thank you, sir. There you go. There you go. I, I feel better. Man who cares about that fading republic we call America. Now you can make your wife happy too. <laughs> <laughs> really? Can you? Let's see a newsbot do that. <laughs> newsbot won't keep you warm at night. <laughs> Awkward. All right. Here's Tim Riley. It's 23 after the hour. We've almost been here an hour and a half now. Have we even done a news story? <laughs> no, not one. Not that it matters. Uh... <laughs> Police are looking for a woman floating around $5 bills at Gresham gas stations. No, people deserve better, don't they? The police are looking for a woman who's floating around fake $5 bills to unsuspected Greshamites. Uh, the woman used the $5 bills that looked like the real thing at a 76 gas station at 181st Avenue. The fake bills have a serial number, and the color appears to be realistic. Now, the woman handed the fake bills to a gas station attendant along with two real $5 bills. The driver took off before the clerk realized that these were counterfeit bills. Workers also said the driver used funny money at another Gresham 76 station. In a separate case, another driver ripped off a Gresham gas station by filling off his tank and then driving off without paying. If you were in Gresham, would you really... I mean, the concept of an unsuspecting Greshamite. If you were in Gresham, wouldn't you constantly be suspecting everything from everybody? I would just sort of live in suspicion of every single person I met if I was in Gresham. Also, I know that I'm doing like every bad like radio host thing, but that new money just looks weird and fake. Uh, I got like the second, I think yesterday I got like a purple $5 bill or whatever, and it just, it's strange looking. 
It's purple? It is. Have you not seen it? It's got big splashes of purple on it. No, I thought all the, the funny colored money was Canadian. No, no, it has no, 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 no. the giant purple I think vibe. I think I've got one here. Yeah, Hold I never, on. I never carry cash, so I have no idea what it looks like. I carry lots of cash because I don't because I don't trust myself because with anything else. I ride else. Trim at home. <laughs> and like everybody's um <laughs> No, I don't think I've got any. I think I spent it. Um, but it's it's a $5 bill, but it's got big splashes of purple or red or something on it. And it is, to, I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but it's like we hand it to somebody and they initially don't think it's real. When I was at the, I got it at the airport the first time when, um, uh, when, uh, the hell was I just at the airport for? Riding on the plane? Oh, Vegas. Um, Thank you, Tim. Uh, <laughs> why was I at the airport? I go there for breakfast every morning. It's a good place to have coffee and a donut. Just, just, just there to buy a book. Um, but uh, the guy, the coffee people, or whatever, gave me, gave me my change, and I was like, "This is give me real money." Have you ever seen uh, the money from Cuba? No. It's fantastic. What does it buy? You know, <laughs> pain, nothing, <laughs> a, a gun. Um, the, uh, if you look at the, like it's the five, the equivalent of like the five billion pesos or whatever it is, it's red. And I swear to you in the middle of it, a huge picture of Che Guevara, which is fantastic. Oh, I mean, that's the most righteous money ever. If I mean, I would just pay everything in cash all the time. If our money had Che Guevara right in the middle of it, are these people calling to clarify the voting thing? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Hi, unknown caller. You're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick. How you doing? What's up? Hey, um, so when I registered to vote, uh, there's, you can check out the boxes. There's the Democratic, the Republican, the yada yada. And then one of the parties actually says independent party. And the one I checked off was not a member of a party. But I think you have to be a member of the Democratic Party. Or to, Republican Party. Or Republican Party yeah. to vote in this coming primary. Yes, you do. Sorry to disappoint. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, yes, it, it is indeed weak. And it, it's not even so much that it just seems pointless. Like, I don't understand. We're no closer to understanding why they do this. Why? Uh, why? Why? Oh, why? So. Yeah, because if you're a registered independent, which I'm not, I'm not a member of a party right. at all. You're still a member of a party. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense at all. So uh, we're trying to figure out why that's the case because it doesn't doesn't really seem to have any logic behind it. So if we find out, you'll hear it here first, sir. All right. Okay. Bye bye. Uh huh. All right. Maybe uh, maybe Byron Beck will know. Here's Tim Riley. Oh. uh... Pacoon, Oregon Farm Workers Union has uh, just endorsed Barack Obama. Who? Pacoon. P. The magician. No, it's Oregon's Farm Workers Union. Oh. This is the Northwest <laughs> Tree Planters and Farm Workers United. I, I thought it might have been that guy that was. Or Paneras y Campesinos, <laughs> United del Norte. I thought it might have been that guy that was the that it was it was the butler in Little Orphan Annie. No. Okay. Because the Obama people send something to me like every two and a half minutes now. Dude, constantly. Uh, I get all three, Hillary, McCain, Obama, and you're right. You know what it, it's, look, I hate to say this, but it's the reason that I started sending anything from the ACLU to my trash, and my wife started sending anything from moveon.org to her trash. It, every single, and I don't know if this is the way with anything that you belong to, but with the ACLU, every five minutes, I get something, the gravest threat democracy has ever faced. We and, need your donation now. <laughs> more than ever. And moveon.org is the same way. Mm. It's just this, you know, we are facing a crisis such as we have never faced in this republic. Your donation of $55 or more. Um, and the thing about, you know, joining any national organization, five minutes later, your membership is running out. Renew now. <laughs> totally. Again, and it's always with, and it's always from the president of ACLU. It's always an urgent message from Anthony Romero. Must open immediately. And then the urgent message is just like, if you, if you give us more money now, we'll send you a cup. So, 
Anywho, all right. Uh, let's see. Are any of these emails or calls explaining the primary business? Let's see. Well, this is just circular logic. Listen to this. Rick, the reason you have to be registered in a party to vote in the primaries, one for Dems, one for the GP, is because they are party elections and not general elections. Hence, you must be a member of the party to participate. Well, that's just stupid. That's circular logic. Yeah. Well, that's what runs this country. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't make any sense at all. All right. It's not expected to. No, there's no... Let's do one more here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Rick, I have a, I have the final answer for you. It's uh, basically the reason why some states have what's called closed primaries and some states have open primaries mm -hmm. and some states have uh, what's called semi-open or semi-closed primaries is because... What they don't want is a bunch of Republicans voting for the weakest. Okay, candidate. but this doesn't stop that, though, because all that would have to happen is for you to switch your membership, which you have until April 29th to do. This does not prevent that at all. Right, but then then when you're in your swanky uh, country club, you, you have to admit to all your friends that you're registered as a Democrat versus, you know, laughing it up on a hunting club meeting, you know, saying, ha, 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 we're Republicans. Let's take a show of hands. Who understands what he's talking about? Don't Democrats kill things, too? Yes. Yes, they do, Tim. But Constantly. Only, the poor, only the poor and deprived ones. All right, thanks. Bye. I don't know what we're talking about there. All right, here. That was a lame explanation. <laughs> it really was. That explanation had no value or substance, sir. I think the problem with today's program is we're letting too many people waste valuable time. <laughs> I agree. Let's end that now. Here's Tim Riley. Well, the man was accused of kidnapping an Oregon woman twice in one week. How could this happen? Well, it's in Grant's Pass. This man is accused of kidnapping a woman twice in the same week. He is, well, the accused is, Robert Allen Bufunda. Uh, Mr. Bufunda was captured uh, late yesterday afternoon, and the victim was found safe. The 49-year-old had been sought by authorities since last Tuesday when he allegedly kidnapped and threatened a Grant's Pass woman who was able to escape. Well, then he kidnapped the same woman again after forcing his way into her residence at 2.30 Tuesday afternoon. Uh, the pair left the stolen pickup truck that was later found in the same wooded area where Bufunda was arrested earlier. Follow up to a story. Remember that terrible woman in the Cadillac who dropped off the animals? Yes. On a dangerous street in front of the Oregon Humane Society? Well, they found her. You her car at the Oregon Humane Society? Has been arrested 21-year-old Natasha Hardin. Faces up to six months in jail and a $2,000 fine for each animal left at the Oregon Humane Society shelter. So this is the, was the red Cadillac, and they the saw red Cadillac. leaving, quote, little doggy and little kitten behind? Mm -hmm. uh, -huh. uh Left them up in the parking lot. Uh, by the way, the shelter was open at the time. So, wait, so, did, so that was our uh, thought, is like, why not just wait another hour? But the shelter was already freaking open. Yeah. So she, she's so lazy in the first place. <sighs> so her mother came to the shelter the next morning, Looking for the little doggy, which he claims was taken from her care without permission. Oh, so the dog didn't even belong no, to the woman? No, the dog didn't even belong. So she's just uh, some, some mean woman. Uh, uh, the cat was owned by Hardin's sister, not even her. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they don't charge a mandatory fee to bring animals in. There's no excuse for endangering an animal by dumping it off in a busy parking lot, especially when the place is open. All right. Do we have, do we have her name? Her name is Natasha Hardin. Yes. R-D-I-N. Yes. All right. Harden. Natasha Harden. She's going in the book. Natasha Harden. Let's see. Humane Society dropper. And this is the second abandonment at uh, the Oregon Humane Society since last week. Another woman, women of criminals these days, abandoned her dog in a closed room inside the shelter. 
when she didn't even go to the desk. Uh, so this time, uh, yeah, somebody saw the red car pulling away, and they found the two animals. All right, Natasha Harden, you're in the book. You will be dealt with at the appropriate time. All right, uh, so there you go. Fantastic. All right, uh, speaking of which, I don't have time to talk about this, but so, uh, so Laura and I went to the, I think it's because, maybe because Aaron and Jen got a dog, uh, that we were sort of thinking about it. So Aaron and I, or Aaron and I, Laura and I went to the uh, went to the humane. Aaron and I went ring shopping this weekend. Uh, Laura and I went uh, went to the humane society this weekend. I don't think we were seriously looking for another dog, but just because you know, because I wasn't of, seriously I, I, looking I, I for a dog. I went to the humane society without really looking for a dog. Because it's sort of and I, then I left with one. It's kind of window shopping, you know. That's you, where I saw that girl Grace who was taking some cats home for the weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, you don't really, you know, you, you don't really think to yourself, well, I'm going to get another dog. But I, I have to tell you, there were a couple there that we stopped, and we did. Well, there was one who actually pulled the little card thing, and they brought him out and whatever. And it, it was kind of a deal breaker because he can't really be with other dogs. And he's, it, we've talked about if we wanted, if we got an additional dog, we want one uh, a few years younger than Max only because... I think it's probably a good idea to stagger the ages of dogs so if one sort of, as they get older, if it develops special needs, you can give it the attention it deserves. So you're not dealing with two special needs dogs like at the same time. You know, to, to, to split your efforts so you can, you know, if one dog requires more assistance, you have the time to, to give it that assistance. Um, but anyway, we ended up not not getting a dog. But, but the thing about the Humane Society is it does... It is really the only reason uh, I can think of to to eventually uh, build my fortified compound like a Malala, because 98% of the dogs there are black labs, always. I mean, you go in there, the dogs are all like the sizes of ponies, because the small dogs go first, of course. So anyway, so there's really no point to the story, except that we went and we uh, we went and we walked uh, through, and it is, I mean, going, walking through the Humane Society and looking at the dogs is both... It is both the sweetest and saddest thing, because as George Carlin said once, that when you look at a dog, somehow just just all of the tragedy in the entire world is in the eyes of a dog. You look at a, a dog, a puppy, just all just all of the poignancy on earth is collected in the gaze of a small dog or a dog of any kind. So I kind of wish that I did have a bigger place sometimes, because you will see those dogs, especially the older ones. They're sort of older, and they're like 11 years old, and they're really big, and they're just sort of sitting there like. Well, maybe somebody. And there's that one dog always, where they put the blue, the, the the red, white, and blue ribbon on his on his pen, and that's the award for having been there the longest. And it's just like one of those one of those ways where they just try to manipulate you into taking the dog home, and it works because it's hello, my name is you know, my name is Cassandra. I've been here for nine years. <laughs> Won't someone please adopt me? I, yeah, it's so heartbreaking going there. And then maybe you just can't because like, you know we live in a small place. That's just not going to work. So, well, in any event. So, all right. Uh, here's Tim Riley. So, some mean people are robbing kids in Vancouver. Uh, apparently, somebody drove it, driving a stolen car. Uh, one crime was a student walking near Heritage High School. He was approached by two men in a white vehicle who robbed him and drove away. Moments later, the two men approached another uh, group of high school students who were walking in the bandit money. Uh, those students said they had no money, and the suspects drove away. The vehicle was reported stolen out of Seattle and was spotted by a uh, Washington State uh, trooper in the area of East 18th Street. The driver soon lost control on Middle Plain Boulevard, hitting a fire hydrant and a tree. After the crash, the suspects ran away. A trooper caught the driver and the passenger was located a short time later. Under arrest is 21-year-old William Upton of Federal Way. He has uh, some injuries, and he was later booked in Clark County Jail. Also, uh, Upton faces charges of robbery, DUI, attempt to elude, possession of stolen property, outstanding felony warrant, auto theft, and an attempt to elude out of Seattle. 
Another passenger, Ari Watson of Burien, was booked on counts of robbery and one burglary. Excellent. All right. Uh, when we come back, we have uh, uh, more of your phone calls, more from Tim Riley later on. Uh, the top five, Charlie Murphy, Storm Large, Byron Beck, etc. Stay there. The noon news hour continues forthwith. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. Radio program. Thank you for coming along, making a part of your listening day. So, have you received any more Eddie Murphy questions? No, no, I haven't. Quit trying to get in my head. Quit trying to psych me out. All right. This is on the phone, and this is what because he's doing uh, stand up or something. Where's he performing? Do we know? Oh God, I don't know. I guess we should figure out what we're talking to uh, Charlie Murphy about later on the day. I mean. You know, that might be a good idea. Yeah, you know what? I've spoken to his publicist many, many times, like yep. 20, 30 times. Have no idea what he's no doing. No clue. No idea why he's here. Not not one <laughs> idea. Uh, don't forget, coming up uh, Friday in studio, we'll be talking to Jonathan Colton. And I got uh, people have been emailing about that every single day. People are really excited about that. So Jonathan Colton performing Friday night at the Mission Theater. Uh, he's going to be in studio with us Friday performing uh, a couple songs. So uh, get your requests in now, kids. At the Ministry of Truth, your personal... Thank you. So talk about all the uh, the criminals in the coup and how difficult it is for them to do an honest day's work. There was a free resource fair in Hazeldell to explain ways of finding jobs with special <laughs> emphasis placed on those who have criminal records. Excellent. The name of this program is Take Charge of Your Future. It is in collaboration with the Washington State Department of Corrections. <laughs> partners in careers or should it be partners in crime or others? So it's overdone with. So hopefully some of you criminals have got jobs out there so you don't have to rob school kids anymore. Does it, does, it say, does it say what some of the seminars are going to be at this fair? It does not. It says, take charge of your future. Because, you know, like if you go to a radio seminar, uh, which is, I have to say, really one of the saddest things you've ever seen in your life, especially now, if you go to a radio seminar now, it's just a lot of, like, long faces and people looking at the floor and sort of shuffling awkwardly. Um, but uh, if you, if you uh, go to one of those, there's always this sort of, you know, there's the overall convention, and then there's the various seminars that are happening at various points throughout the day. Like at 110, there'll be a, you know, the top 40 music. Is 300 songs too much? Uh, and then, you know, at 315, there'll be something about uh, contests. Why you should do Battle of the Sexes every single day. So I wonder if at this there's some sort of a, uh, you know, disposal of the body. Duct tape versus gaffing tape. Never mind. That was, an, that was a joke that didn't really work out as well as I thought it would. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, my gosh. Doctors have operated on a girl with a 16-pound tumor. Tumor? She's a Vietnamese girl with a 16-pound facial tumor. Attention, Richie, you may have met your match. So I don't know what comment would be if she was oh. posted on the website. It, it looks like there's a potato attached to her chin, and a very big one. Ah, see? That's what I mean. Tumor. Oh, so she's I... in Miami awaiting surgery to remove and restore her ability to eat and speak. Tumor. I barely knew her. All right. She's 15. Her name is Life and Doe, and uh, she's had the tumor since she was three. So she hasn't eaten since she's been three. So she might have been. Uh, she might have grown attached to it, <laughs> so to well, speak. <laughs> it, it has seriously disfigured her face and kept oh. her from attending school. <laughs> okay. It, it is threatened to suffocate the poor girl. Oh. It'll be a 10-hour surgery, and it takes place April 29th. Did you see that a photo that was going around the uh, the interwebs a while back, I don't know, about a month ago? And it was real. It was on Yahoo News. It was a guy who was like had. There's just something, there's something just, 
I don't want to say funny, but there is something sort of strangely compelling and fascinating about when your genetics just go horribly wrong. This guy had a tumor that I swear to God was so big, he needed like a sidecar with him to carry it around. Do you know the photo I'm talking about? It was, oh, imagine if Andre the Giant was made out of wax, and then, and then you put him on a radiator for about half an hour, and it was just everything on the face just started to sort of shift downward. Uh, and after about 20 minutes, you know, you'd take Andre the Giant, the wax version, away from the radiator, and there he was. I'll find the photo and send it to you. It's truly great and disturbing. It's, but I think, it, well, I think he did actually have to have, like, some kind of a wheelbarrow or something with him to sort of, like, bring the tumor along. Anyway, like a sidecar on a motorcycle. Here's Tim Riley. Well, the grizzly bear that rescued Will Ferrell's character in the recent motion picture Semi-Pro seemed to obediently follow cues, except for this time. He killed his trainer. Uh, this happened in California. Grizzly bears are mean. Uh, let's see. This happened to Big Bear around 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon. San Bernardino County Sheriff Spokesman uh, Jody Miller says that Stephen Miller had been uh, working with the 500-pound bear named Rocky at Predators in Action. There were four handlers in the cage with the bear when the bear, for an unknown reason, bit Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller did succumb to his injuries at the location. I don't really know that it's an unknown. I think the unknown thing is why it always takes bears so long to do this. I mean, really, if I was in a cage and some guy was coming in with a whip and a chair and telling me what to do, I think I'd kill that guy the first chance I had. Well, he was trained in what was known as a simulated attack. I think simulation may be a subtle nuance that is lost on the bear mind. That's just a theory. Maybe they forgot one of the words. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Guava, watermelon, ow, 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 orangutan, ow. Always keep the safe word written on the palm of your hand, kids. So they may kill the bear. All right. Just to show him who's boss. Hey, I had a great idea for a product. Who wants to hear it? Oh, I do. Okay, maybe this already exists. I read some story a while back, and it was one of those uh, one of those stories that comes out of the mirror or the one of those like the British paper. And so you're not entirely sure if it's real, but you kind of don't like for our purposes, you don't care because you know real fake doesn't matter. All comes out of the same shoot here. So it was a story about a woman who had I don't think she'd actually died, but I think she'd suffered some sort of some sort of weird loss of cognitive function, at least temporarily, because she had been having some sort of uh, some sort of exotic sex play with her man, and it, it was one of those things where, like, she had, I, I don't know, she'd forgotten the safe word, or I think he might have been like choking her or something. It was it was one of those things of like, well, let's put the spark back in our relationship. Why don't you choke me and then beat me with a cheese grater, you know? And so they're in bed, and he's like choking her, he's gagging her, he's doing something or other. She, of course, either forgets or can't say the safe word. You know, so it's a lot of, hey, do you, honey, do you find this hot? And there's just no, no, nothing. And I think she eventually passed out. And the guy was sort of like, hey, you, you wick? You still want to go for it? And it's like he had to call the cops or whatever. So I had this great idea. Tell me what you think about this. Uh, you would market this to the uh, to the exotic sex crowd. Richie, I'm looking at you. Uh, this would be a thing you marketed to people who perhaps did that kind of uh, uh, that kind of sort of extreme sex where you need to say for it. It would be called... A safe ring, and it's a ring you wear, just like a regular ring, but uh, and you'd put it uh, on your your pointer finger right there. But the deal is, the ring uh, would so if you pressed it with your thumb, the ring would make a beeping sound. So there, if you're in some sort of sex game or whatever where you can't, where like the you know, just like where the guy's like choking and you can't, you ah, 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 
and the guy hears that is like, she's really into this. And really what it means is like, she is suffering edema. Rick, you know that normal people don't think about this stuff, right? I, you know, they're British. What do you want? Well, he's just trying to put a B in there, Bonnet. <laughs> I'm sorry? Honey, tonight I want you to put a B in my bonnet. I feel that'll add, a, that'll add the panache that our sex life has been missing. Here's my bonnet. Uh, so, But it would be called a safe ring. And so that way, uh, you know, she's got a big ball gag in or whatever, can't talk, doesn't matter. Uh, you just put it on her pointer finger. It's just like a regular ring, uh, but it has a small little tiny, like a little watch battery or something inside of it. And if you press it with your finger... Uh, we, or with your thumb, rather. You press down on the on the, uh, on the ring with your thumb. It makes a little beeping or alarm noise. Uh, and then that is uh, the safe word. What do we think? Great seller? Great, great, great. great. Sure. No, here's Good the thing job. about yeah. um, Now, listen now. I'm saying that's a niche product, but you know that it would sell well to that community. Mm-hmm. I agree. All Let's right. Get it on the market. Okay. Jeff Do Klein, I'm looking at you. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Oh, by the way, 911 service is down to four counties in the gorge. If you live in any of the following counties, nobody will come to your aid. Hood River, Wasco, Quick Attack, Skimania. Although cell phones still work. Uh, the outage occurred after a fiber optic line was cut near Mosier, Oregon. So probably some, uh, some fiber optic thief is out there. Right. Did I mention that there ought to be some sort of toasters-like band called Skimania? How about Quick Attack? There ought to be some Oregon ska band called Skimania. Hmm. I think that's a great idea. Well, there probably already is a band called that. It's got different conclusions you can jump to. Uh, all right, what have we uh, what have we got here on the phones? Uh, Charlie Murphy, voting, voting, voting. Now here's the thing. I think the, you need Charlie Murphy more than anything. The final voting thing is from a, a man calling himself Odie, which I do believe is the name of the dog in the Garfield comic strip. So we're going to take that first, then we'll do the Charlie Murphy thing. Hello. Wait, are you perhaps Odie, or are you are you maybe Odin, the god of noise? No, it's Odie. It's just a nickname. Who gave you the nickname, and for what were you being well, punished? Because it's my first and my middle name together, my mother. So, wait, what, what do you mean it's your first and your middle name together? Your first name is well, Odin? if you take the first name, my first name, my first initial, and my first initial, my middle name. Oh, I see. O period o. D period. There you go. All right, okay. Very good, Rick. Very good. There's no need to speak yeah, to me as though I'm a child. Oh, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. What are you saying, Odie? What are you thinking? I-E, or not overdose, or... All right, yeah. here's the thing. For the remainder of this call, because you had a little bit of lip on you, you're no longer Odie, you're normal. Okay, thank you. All right, what's up? Well, I was going to say, you know, I've never belonged to a political party. I am what you call a antagonist. What I love to do is whisper in the ear of a Democrat and then whisper in the ear of a Republican and then watch those two have a melee. Is that where you sort of whisper like that? Yeah, that, that guy. That guy said you're ugly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. That guy was looking at your girlfriend. So, exactly. All right. And I think that's the best way. I don't think you know. I don't think personally I'll ever vote for anyone because uh, I don't like anybody. I know how he feels. Okay then. I just don't agree. I just don't agree with any political party. I mean, they all, it's a bunch of crap. I mean, here we go with the commercials <laughs> all over again. It's a bunch of crap, Rick. You know it. No, I know it. I'm just saying, here's but the American crap. If you're, if you're going to cause trouble, though, uh, they ought to make it easier uh, for me to cause trouble. And this makes it difficult. This is one more hurdle for me uh, to, to jump over before I'm allowed to put a stick in the spokes of the political system. Okay, but understand this. It's almost like going to a heavyweight boxing match and being a... a you know, sitting there ringside, <laughs> just watching the people that is funny. crap out of each other. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Normal. And right. while we're talking about registering to vote, is there any reason to have this many counties in Oregon? No, I'm looking. Oh, we I mean, th there's nobody 
living uh, outside the metro area. We want to thank listener, was it Doug? Oh, thank you, Doug. Was it Doug? It might have been Doug. Was it T-E-G? This is that thing again. I think it was Doug who brought it. Jesus, we just heard the name four minutes ago. I didn't take that seminar. I never remember any. Dave Zinn. Dave Zinn is the one who came in. And I want to make sure that we thank the guy. I thought there was a sticky note on it. I don't see it. Tim, do you have a sticky note on yours? I don't know. I want to make sure we thank uh, the... CBS Radio Portland. Oh, hi. Is Dave Zinn around or is he at lunch? Yeah, he's at lunch. All right, thank you. Uh-huh, bye. This is such a waste. All right. <laughs> I think it was Doug. Doug brought in these voter registration forms. Thank you, Doug. You saved a lot of problems. Uh, you may use this card to change your political party affiliation, which is what we need. Uh, let's see here. If you have a current uh, valid Oregon DMV driver's license ID, you must provide that number. Um, and let's see. I guess that's all you have to do. So, uh, our, our... It was surprisingly easy when I was signed up yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, political party. Constitution party. What's that? Does anybody know? Is that like some... Is that one of hippies. The, well, but see, when it says Constitution, you know that it's either hippies or Nazis, right? That's yeah. the thing. Every time you see a party whose name you know... The American Federalist Party. Like, that's, that's either guys with swastikas or people with headbands. Uh, Libertarian Party. Well, that's pointless. Working Families Party. Working Families? I don't even know who would, who would belong to that. What is the Working Families Party? I don't know. I've never even heard of that. No, I haven't either. Democratic Party. Pacific Green Party. Now, why is is that different from the regular Green Party? Yes. Not a member of a party. Independent, Republican, other. All right. So, well, good. Well, I want to cause uh, I want to cause trouble in May. So uh, I'll register as a Democrat so I can do that. Good for you. So I like to cause a I like to cause a kerfuffle. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, so uh, Hillary won by ten uh, percent last night. It was expected. And if you're listening to the radio here, you heard full coverage. Yes, you did, Tim. Absolutely. Tim Riley uh, provided breaking news coverage on this radio station last night. News as it happened. Mm -hmm. And we'll continue to do so throughout this election. As really only a living, breathing human being can. As only you can, Tim Riley. Right. Exactly. I mean, uh, one of those uh, computer things can't keep its pulse (laughs) on the uh, public mind, now can it? (laughs) One of those... uh, Fax machine with a waffle iron attached to it. Can't do that. Thing with all the tubes. (laughs) Uh, So, yes, we did have breaking political coverage all last night. It was stupendous. It was. Anyway, uh, Hillary Clinton got up in front of an audience last night and screeched at the top of her lungs. We still have a lot of work ahead of us. But if you're ready, I'm ready. Now, I might stumble and I might get knocked down, but as long as you'll stand with me, I will always get right back up. She's like Rocky. Yeah, she is. Uh, Can you uh, spare a dollar? She's running out of money. We can only keep winning if we can keep competing with an opponent who outspends us so massively. So I hope you'll go to HillaryClinton.com and show your support. Uh Uh-huh. Ugh. So just go there. I, by the way, I did. I wish I'd been rolling tape on this last night. I was watching um, online. I was watching uh, the CNN's press coverage of this. They have a, an online channel where they do it, and they had these two women talking about the Barack Obama campaign, and it was the most cringe-inducingly awful conversation because they were discussing, uh, quote, how hip Barack Obama's campaign is. And it was just, you know that, that Donna Mike promo we ran where it was Katie Kirk going, I love that. It was like a whole, it was like two women talking like that to themselves, to, to each other, about how hip Barack Obama is. And at one point they said, you see here on the Barack webpage, see it doesn't say um, text, it says TXT. And that's just so hip. And I just, it was when they said that, I looked up to see if I was taping, and sadly I was not, because I wanted to be able to play that back. 
because it was just so hip. Here's Tim Riley. So Hillary's campaign manager, Terry McAuliffe, says it doesn't matter how close the vote was. I will quote Senator Obama. 50% plus one is a win. I've said this a long time. A win is a win. This was a big state. We were outspent three to one. Her message came through. People had written her off. Obama uh, says uh, congratulations, Hillary. She ran a, a terrific race. And I want to thank the hundreds of thousands of Pennsylvanians who stood with our campaign today. And then John Mellencamp got up. Did you see Mellencamp perform? No, I did not. Oh, it was awful. And I love John Mellencamp. I really do. But they did that thing that you should never, ever, ever do, where they, before Mellencamp took the stage, and it was just him and an, an acoustic guitar, because I think Barack Obama has been using the song Small Town for his, uh, like, Heartland campaigns. Oh, and it's that, you know, that I was born in a small town, which is a good song, but doesn't really seem to be a fit with the Obama campaign. That does seem like a little bit of a stretch. Mm -hmm. um, but they did that uh, that awful mistake where they had Mellencamp's, like, record, like a CD playing for about 20 minutes. And then they cut it short, and Mellencamp himself got up on stage and performed immediately following one of his studio recordings and just sounded awful. So the contrast was that was not flattering. Uh, Obama's just is a uh, true opponent is uh, John McCain. Well, what he's not offering is any meaningful change from the policies of George W. Bush. A New York woman is filing a suit against limited brands for stealing her bra idea. Katrina Plew claims Victoria's Secret, which is owned by Limited, stole her patent for the very sexy 100-way strapless convertible bra. She said the company knew about her patent since, well, at least April 2006. I did patent it myself. I made an appointment with them, and I told them about my patent. I forwarded them some pictures and the patent, and uh, we set up an appointment. I gave them my information, and they canceled my appointment on the day of my appointment. I love that. What is the nature of the bra? I don't know. I haven't gotten a good look at it. Well, I mean, is it, <laughs> Baby Richie is familiar with it. Baby Richie? It's, it's maybe Richie. Baby Richie. <laughs> Bring in Baby Richie. <laughs> start calling him Baby Richie. <laughs> yes. It is called Very Sexy 100-Way Strapless Convertible Bra. What does it convert to? A car? I don't know. Okay. It's a bra and a toaster. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, let's see. The bra cost about $12,000. This is going to be how, like, somebody will steal my safe ring uh, idea. I can already see it coming. By the way, speaking of Richie and bosoms, mm. uh, so Richie has a burnt nose today. Richie just seems to be one big cavalcade of ailments and just damage. I mean, just... regardless of what happens, he still attracts the ladies. <laughs> that is burnt true. nose or not. <laughs> no, it's... I, I don't date guys with burnt noses. Uh, I came in today... And uh, we were all kind of gathered in the kitchen because there was no coffee this morning. It's kind of a big crisis. There was no coffee and no co no beans in the coffee grinder. And I know that this doesn't sound like a crisis to the rest of the world, but I'm an American. That counts as an emergency. So we have this great coffee system here that grinds the beans instantly, and then you put you know so it's fresh, just ground. But there's no coffee. So Dave Zinn and I are in the kitchen getting the coffee ready, trying to you know, find some. And Richie comes in, and. This is how I was greeted by both Dave and Richie today. This is my introduction to the both of them. I walked into the kitchen where Dave Zinn and Richie were standing, and I walk in, and Dave Zinn says, Hey, Rick, I want you to look at Richie. Doesn't... Look look at his nipples. And he's, he's start... That's how the morning starts, by pointing to Richie's uh, nipples, which were apparently... Um... Exposed? Uh. They weren't exposed, but here's what Dave Zinn goes. Look at Richie's nipples. You can cut glass with those. So apparently Richie was in some sort of state of arousal this morning. Hmm. I don't know why they decided to share that with me, but that was how my morning started. Uh, you're listening to KCMD Portland. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. I got an idea for the uh, Charlie Murphy. 
Yeah. You guys ever seen the uh, movie? I think it's called CB4. Yes, that's uh, that's the the hip hop parody. Oh, I love that movie. What should we ask him about? Low cash. What should we ask him about it? Uh, you just ask him why he's so freaking funny in that movie. That's a great question. I'm going to write that down right now. Why are you so freaking funny in CB4? <laughs> and uh, I, I will say that you, Travis, are a big fan of that, and you wanted that question asked. Oh, yeah. But, uh, it, you know, I think Chris Rock was in that movie, too. And, yes. just a, you know, he's just a funny guy. He's a great, like, scary black guy character, but he's real funny, too. <laughs> I love it when you play that scary black guy. All right. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right. Thank you. <laughs> My next guest has excelled in playing scary black men. Uh, here's Tim Riley. I wasn't introducing you that way, Tim. No, I didn't think you were. I bet Tim could pull it off. Yeah, probably. I could. Tim is a talented actor. Yes, I am. All right. Well, the alligator lady is making the talk show rounds today. We talked about her yesterday, Sandy Frosty. She heard a strange noise coming from her Florida kitchen and found an eight-foot gator apparently waiting to be served. Uh, she cautions America that it's best to remain calm when you find an alligator on your kitchen floor. The best thing to do is just back off. And if it looks like he's coming towards you, run, but run in a straight line. Uh, Sandy Frosty, uh, call 911, and the phone call has been released. Sheriff's Office. Uh, this is Mrs. Frosty at 20 Evelyn Court. What's going on? There's an alligator in my kitchen. How long do you think the alligator is? It's huge. <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's fantastic. Please describe the alligator, said the lady on the phone. How long do you think the alligator is? Right? It's huge. Well, how long is huge? I don't know. I the first half okay. of it, and that had to be at least three feet. Please measure with a tape measure. How long is huge? Please get a yardstick now. So the, the dispatcher, this get, only gets better, the dispatcher questions whether or not the alligator is actually a big iguana. Well, how long is huge? Four I don't foot? know. I only yeah. saw... The first half okay. of it, and that had to be at least three feet. And I, because it was behind the freezer, and I just disappeared. Are you sure it couldn't be like a, a iguana or a really large? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Is it a virus of some kind? Wow. Sheriff's uh, office. Uh, this is Mrs. Frosty at 20 Evelyn Court. What's going on? There's an alligator in my kitchen. <laughs> How long do you think the alligator is? Been? It's huge. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> okay, what's the name of that cut? <laughs> that is Tam911 Gator Kitchen One. <laughs> Don't wait. Okay. Tam911 Gator Kitchen One. That way. How long do you think the alligator is? It's huge. Well, how long is huge? <laughs> I don't know. I only yeah. saw the first half okay. of it, and that had to be at least three feet. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. All right, let's see here. Hold on. Taking back Sunday. Oh, here we go. Tam Gator. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, duly noted. Putting those on my desktop. All right, and uh, all right. okay, I'm good to go. Those are now saved for time and all eternity, Tim. Excellent. So a group of Chinese lawyers are suing CNN because of those comments made by Jack Cafferty. Uh, he claimed that uh, China makes junk and the country is run by a bunch of thugs. True on both counts. I would think so. And we do have freedom of speech in this country, enabling us to say that at so, any point, which they don't have in China, mind you. So, uh, yeah, Caperty really is very unhappy about the Chinese. We also are running uh, hundreds of billions of dollars worth of trade deficits with them as we continue to import their junk with the lead paint on them and the poison pet food and export, uh, you know, jobs to uh, places where you can pay workers a dollar a month. That's the Caperty bot. Mr. Pratt, God, the bug's got your tongue. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> the calf bot. <laughs> that's the, uh, that's the, you know what it is? That's the, uh, 
That's the that's the version of the news bot that just says outlandish things. That's the Invecto bot. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. So uh, this guy, General Petraeus, who's been running the show in uh, in Iraq, is finally getting a reward. He gets to leave the country at long last. He's going to be promoted, and he's going to run the U.S. Central Command, whatever that might be. He's uh, replacing somebody else, and he enjoys the promotion. With the concurrence of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, I have recommended, and the president has approved and will nominate, General David Petraeus as the new commander of Central Command. Whatever that does. How long do you think the alligator is in? It's huge. Sorry, I thought that was the next one. Well, how long is huge? I don't know. I don't know. What is that? Is that me or you? And I oh, just behind the freezer, and I just Sorry. disappeared. Are you sure it couldn't be like a, a iguana or a really large? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. <laughs> this is the best show ever. It really is. <laughs> uh, Broadway has invaded the American Idol program. On last night's episode, the final six contestants tackled at Andrew Lloyd Webb songbook offering. I'd rather just see them tackle uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber personally. Uh, Simon Cowell has asked what he thought about uh, Brick White. Uh, stopping and starting her song over again after forgetting a few words. I would have done exactly what she did, you know, if she's forgotten the words. Yeah. You know, I thought it was, um, I thought it was actually a very brave thing to do. You yeah. know, it's your opportunity. Why not? Whatever. Uh, Stephen Glover, also known as the Jackass, has <laughs> pled not guilty to cocaine, uh, cocaine, uh, cocaine possession charges, <laughs> cocaine possession in Los Angeles. Uh, following his uh, arraignment, uh, Glover told reporters he's uh, been in the rehab program. Yeah, I've been clean for 44 days. It's been up and down. Uh, I haven't really been paying too much attention to it. You know, I've been just doing my thing and staying sober. Wait, I don't understand. Who is this? That's Steve-O. It's a Jackass. Oh, from the show Jackass. <laughs> Okay. When you're like Steve, go around labeling people jackass. I just heard Steve something known as the jackass, and I thought, well, I know any number of people in my life who are just known as the jackass. Well, he's the most popular one of all. He's he's, uh, he's he's the he's the nation's preeminent jackass. He's, oh, he's also known as Steve O. Oh, I okay, Steve O. All right, fair enough. He yeah, he sounds rehab. That result in injuries. <laughs> Good for you. Is he the one that did it? Did, did the paper cut to himself? Maybe. I got, either him or Johnny Knoxville. He's the one that has a giant tattoo of himself on his back, giving a big thumbs up. I got a kind of a limited taste for the jackass stuff. I can only really take so much of that, and then I have to... When they were doing the thing... One with of the, them lives in town. Really? Yeah. When they were doing the thing with the snow cone and the urine, that's when I had to That's when I had to eject. Have you seen that one? No. You know how they normally take a snow cone at shaved ice and, let's say, yeah, cherry syrup? Yeah, I get where you're going. Yeah, it's a yellow snow cone. I met a bunch of them. They came to uh, Pullman. Did they hit on you? No, no, actually, all, all the girls were just, like, crazy about them. They were just surrounded by, like, all the skanks. Johnny Knoxville's a good-looking guy. Johnny Knoxville is gorgeous. He's a, he's a very attractive oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's see. What do we got here? Charlie Murphy, again, something about the closed party system, or observations about my safering idea. Not the first one. I don't even know what that is. I'll just hit line one. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Now I can't remember things from five seconds ago. Hello, hi. Hi, Rick. There you are, I uh, just had an idea for a question, maybe for Charlie Murphy. Uh huh. I don't know how familiar you are with him, but he used to be on the Chappelle Show with Dave Chappelle. Uh huh. And he had quite a few entertaining stories about time that he would spend with Rick James. Now, did he spend time personally with with Rick James? Did like off? I mean, was that like an off air thing where they would hang out? Well, from the gist of what they would show on the show, him and Eddie both, yeah, spent time personally with him. With Rick James. All right. Hey, suppose it's bad form to ask him just, like, what happened when Dave Chappelle went crazy? 
I mean, what do I, you know, what do I, I care? So. You know, I mean, it was a big story. It was in the news, right? It was a huge deal. Yeah. Uh, and he was on, you know, he was on the show, and everybody wants to know. And all, I mean, worst worst case scenario, he just says he doesn't want to talk about it, or it's not his place to say. I'm going to ask him how Dave, what what happened when Dave Chappelle went nuts last year. Dave That's Chappelle. That's a damn fine idea. All right, thank you. I thank you for your support, sir. Thanks. <laughs> okay. I can tell people fear the worst for this interview. I can already tell that people... I'm getting a little nervous for you. I mean, it's not every day you get to interview Eddie Murphy. Chap... Dave... I can't even spell... Chap-chell? Chap-hell. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Um, you may want to start off your Charlie Murphy by saying uh, apologizing in advance if you call him Eddie because your producer's been screwing with you all day. I don't think I'm going to do that, but ha how about this, though? Here's a thing that I do sometimes. Uh, I think I might actually say, hey, you, uh, Charlie Murphy, what are you sick of being asked? Because I sometimes, if I don't know what to do with an interview right off, I'll ask them what questions they're tired of. Because uh, that way it sort of gets rid of the obvious stuff. It addresses things that maybe if the audience go, why isn't he asking about blah, blah, blah? Sometimes it's what would you prefer not to be asked? Yeah, that's I do that actually. Have you ever done that with an interview? Yes. I've done that before off air too. Well, I say, is there anything that he would prefer not to be asked? But I might just ask him that on the air, like, what, what, you know, is there anything you don't want to talk about? Anything you're sick of being asked? All right. Sick well, of being asked. I think I've got a, a logical answer for your closed party system. Yes. Uh, I was going to say, if you, if you look 20, 30 years ago, uh, most people were registered either Democrat or uh, Republican. But as the years have gone by, more people are registering as not affiliated or the other parties. But so they had the closed party system. But the thing is, that to prevent shenanigans, if you are a Republican and you're a registered Democrat, you can no longer vote on anything Republican, not just the fact that John McCain for president, but all the other primary stuff for your state Senate, your state offices, as well as other national. If you got a, like for Darlene Hooley seat, who's who's your, who's your Republican? See, but that's stuff? a bunch of it's like communism, but with just an extra party. That's exactly that's, what it is. Well, Tim. Part, it's it's the party system. They set up they set up the rules. But I think I don't like the rules. But I think that's crap. I really do. And it's, here's here's it's the an thing. old system. It's outdated. I know. No, I'm with you on that. Here's the thing. And let me just preface this by saying that voting really accomplishes nothing. But that being said, I'm an American. I want to be able to do whatever I want. So, it, like they had this in Utah. And it bugged me there. The idea that. Uh, like in Utah, you know, if you're going to vote for uh, the governor uh, and he's a Republican, you've got to register to be a Republican, and therefore, like, all the other votes have to be, you know, like, you can't split your parties uh, when you're voting, uh, which bugs me, because that sort of then deprives you of, of your ability to select the best man for the job. Yeah, that's what they, they figure the general is, but you let the parties decide, and then, because you, you only get one ballot, you get a Democratic ballot or you get a... Republican ballot, because if you remember Texas, and Rush Limbaugh told all the Republicans that yeah. they vote for Hillary, they complained they couldn't vote for their uh, their state office. And I people follow him like Republican sheep. Ballot. Yes, they do. I uh, I like to you know I like to think that someday people will follow us like sheep, and we can just use that to uh, you know we can just use that to our benefit. Uh, so uh, and then we'll have an entire government of midgets with hooks. That's my dream as an American. Really, that's the the entire cabinet is just hook wielding midgets. Also, this. Uh, I have no other also this. Just to say that except when you leave things to the parties, clearly, as I think uh, the existence of John Kerry as a candidate pointed out, that really doesn't ever end well. So yeah, I mean, to... It's not a great system, but it's just the way they've got it set up, and we haven't gotten around to changing it. Clearly, it's That's time what for... they said in Cuba <laughs> and France. Clearly, it's time for a revolution. Okay, bye. He's pondering that. Okay, you think about that. Here's Tim <laughs> Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, Mariah Carey's appeared apparently feeling no pressure from her uh, biological clock. A 39-year-old tells the British edition of Ock Magazine that it's, quote, hard to have kids in this world, adding I don't think I could properly educate a child. You mean... <laughs> <laughs> what magazine? Ock. Uh, maybe Is that future... like an... 
Is that a magazine that's published in Afrikaans? I don't know. What's your magazine? <laughs> How do you spell off? Okay. <laughs> oh, and it's it's pronounced that way? It's pronounced so. Ock? I suppose so. Well, Ock. Maybe in the future. I actually haven't thought about it. Uh, she thinks if she did have a kid, uh, she would feel violated. That's, <laughs> that's kind of weird to say, but that's how I am. She'd feel violated? Yeah. Maybe somebody needs to go back to the blackboard and show her the diagram again. Maybe she's thinking of something else. Well, thanks to Paola, she's earned number one on the Billboard Top 200 chart with E equals MC square. It starts at the top. Uh-huh. Sure it does. Uh, she has sold... 463,000 copies in the U.S., and I don't know one person who's bought one. We should put that in quotes, by the way. Mm-hmm. She has sold. She has surpassed the 375,000 start of Jack Johnson's Slip Through the Static in February. Another record that I don't know anybody who owns. Her last episode, The uh, the Initiation of uh, Mamie, was uh, number one in its first premiere week, moving 400,000, uh. which is another crock. <laughs> Which is all crap. I don't uh, believe these record companies anymore. No. no. Neither do I. Uh, you know, and the news bot would just pass that information along unthinkingly, Tim, with no critical eye. I know. There'd be no analysis, misinformation, and disinformation spread hither and yon by the news bot. Well, you got to listen at certain times of the day to get the truth around here. No, it's true. It, really. You are at the Ministry of Truth, Tim, right? If people don't listen in middays and afternoons, they're just going to walk around in ignorance, Tim. Mm-hmm. I don't know where we would even get this information, but I would like to somehow see sort of the chart and to see... All the number one albums, like, from this week going back, like, a year, because I'm guessing that nobody we know has purchased any of them. No. I mean, I would guarantee... I purchase individual songs on a regular basis. I do that. uh, And, uh, you know, the great thing about... uh, This is exactly the kind of conversation CBS like. You know, the great thing about online music, Tim... Yes. uh, ...is uh, sort of the ability to... Do you ever do this? uh, It makes me want to listen on the radio for the next time it plays. Really? Yes. I always keep a radio on in the background, hoping that after I play it myself, somebody else will play it within the next hour or hour and a half. I just paid to download this song, so I have it. But now I'm going I'm to go sit with a pair of headphones on and wait for a DJ to play it. I will sit here all day if necessary. This song and I'm starting to get carpal tunnel syndrome <laughs> from weeding through the categories of my iPod. And my doctor told me to stop, you know, and he said the cure is FM radio. Exactly. <laughs> you know, this song would sound a lot better if it was over-processed and edited for the air and then surrounded by bad jingles. That's the only thing that would make this Agent 51 song a lot better. I just hope there's a contest on at 718 tomorrow morning. <laughs> I want to play high-low or battle of the sexes. Uh, oh, this song would sound so much I better if you was... to win a trip around the world or a microwave oven. I long to hear this song bracketed by crap that I couldn't possibly care less about. Uh, I want to scan across the dial and hear the same joke from several different morning shows at exactly 718. Uh, I'd love to hear some wacky banter about how to know if you're PMSing. And that's why I listen for the news bot every morning here on AM 970. <laughs> Did I tie it all together? Or not? Yes, you did. Look at that callback. Uh, all right. That's the kind of comedy that only comes from a living, breathing radio program. And my I friend. see another hour has gone by since the last time I checked. <laughs> what have we accomplished, Tim? I really don't Nothing. Know. I, haven't even read, like... I haven't read one penis story yet. <laughs> and they get a whole stack of them here. Let's do the penis watch right now. Right Take here. Take a look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start melting away. I take a look See, I should be a guest speaker at one of those conventions. You really ought to. Everything is going my way. 
is Tim Riley. So I have two here. Uh, let's see. One is from Taiwan. The other is from Kanasha in the Congo. Uh, let's start, I guess, with the Taiwan one. Maybe? All right. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Uh, this is from Taiwan. Uh, an angler's genitals were struck by lightning while he was fishing yesterday morning off the reef of Green Island. That's off of Taiwan's coast in the eastern county of Peitong. The angler, who's 47 and named Ching Wan, was fishing on a reef at Nahilo Bank of the Green Island. Angler, I barely knew her. This is when a bolt of lightning, attracted by the fishing pole he was uh, holding, struck running down his privates. Soon after being informed of the incident at 8.55 a.m., the fireman rushed to the spot and sent Chen to a nearby clinic for emergency medical treatment. Coastal policemen then sent Chang to McKay Memorial Hospital for even more treatment. Uh, he had uh, some 20% of his body burn and remained conscious, <laughs> adding that they would conduct further examinations to see if Mr. Chen's sex ability is undermined or not. The weather forecast said that the thunderstorm would linger in the Taitong area. <laughs> And people better not expose themselves so it is, to the open space. Wait, so his pants were down? Was he relieving himself? It doesn't say here. How would Maybe lightning... It was nude fishing. How would lightning strike your penis? How would it? I don't know. I mean... That's a really good aim, Rick. I... The lightning. The lightning. <laughs> uh, Whatever. I mean... I, I don't know. Why. Let me... How do I put this? Is it not your understanding? Well, I mean, lightning strikes somewhere in your body, so, I mean, that's just one of the options. Oh, you know what? It could... St- I've heard tales of this before. If you have your cell phone in your pocket... <gasps> or what about a zipper? Or is that too... But, but is it... might be. Is it not generally thought that lightning strikes the highest thing in an area? Well, that's true. I'm not sure... How- Isn't that why they have uh, lightning rods? Because lightning hits the tallest thing in the area. Maybe he was lying down while fishing? <laughs> He was lying on his back. No, but I'm saying if you're standing next to a really tall person, the lightning will hit the tall person, not you. Mm -hmm. Lightning chooses the fastest way to the ground, which means it hits uh, the highest electricity conducting object in the area, the tallest thing. What was he doing? That's what I'm saying. He was fishing. On his back while dreaming of Marilyn Monroe. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no other explanation. There's no other. We've announced now. There is no alternate explanation. That's what he was doing. Okay, well, let's give up on this part and go on to the second one. Then. Here's the second it's half of your thought, I guess. Penis watch. That's one to grow on. Yep. Think about it all afternoon at work. Uh, this comes to us from the Congo of Africa. They've arrested 13 suspected sorcerers accused of using black magic to steal or shrink men's penises in a wave of panic and attempted lynchings tri- triggered by witchcraft. The title of this story is Penis That Panics the City. All right. Uh, reports of the so-called penis snatching are not uncommon in Western Africa. I'm sorry, the what? Penis snatchings are not uncommon in Western Africa, where belief in traditional religions and witchcraft remains widespread, and where ritual killings to obtain blood or body parts still occur. My goodness. Uh, Rumors of penis theft began circulating last week in Kanasha. This is the Democratic Republic of the Congo. It's a sprawling capital of some 8 million souls. How would a penis theft just be a rumor? That seems like that's a thing you can either verify or debunk. Is your penis there? Yes. Okay. Well, what else are they supposed to talk about in the Republic of Congo? They don't have a Paris Hilton. Uh, so uh, the topic quickly dominated. Too busy giving interviews to Ock Magazine. The, the uh, radio call-in shows. <laughs> Listeners advised uh, to be aware of fellow passengers and communal taxis wearing gold rings. Apparently, these are prospective penis thieves. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. That's the best phrase. Prospective penis thieves. <laughs> Trust no one. <laughs> Let me understand this. They have radio programs. 
And yet they're convinced that there's a wizard somewhere shrinking their penises. That's correct. Okay. These victims, 14 of them, who were detained by police, claim that sorcerers simply touched them to make their penises shrink or disappear. And what some residents say was an attempt to extort cash for a promise for a cure. Is this some sort of like an explanation one gives to one's lady friend when she's perhaps underwhelmed? No, 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 it's a penis thief. They're, you know, they're everywhere. It's, uh... I'm only halfway through the story. Okay. Uh, you have to be accused of that, and people come after you. We've had a number of attempted lynchings. You see them covered in masks after being beaten. Uh, police arrested the accused sorcerers and their victims in an effort to avoid the sort of bloodshed seen in Ghana about a decade ago when 12 suspected penis snatchers were beaten to death by angry mobs. Penis snatchers. Can you hear them all screaming in unison at the top of their lungs? Yes, yes I can. <laughs> he stole mine. The uh, 27 uh, men have since been released. I intended to say it's one big joke, but there's nothing funny about it. When you try to tell the victims that their penises are still there, they tell you that it's become tiny or they become impotent. To that I tell them, how do you know if you haven't gone home and tried it? <laughs> Remember, there's nothing funny about snatching a penis. Uh, the story is sponsored by the Congo Tourist Board. <laughs> there you go. There's your double penis watch. Take a look at a news story here on KCMD AM, uh, a uh, news talk radio station. Proud part of the CBS radio family, the Tiffany Network. Alright, uh, lots of lightning calls as well as another Charlie Murphy call. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, how's it going? Hey, um, yeah, I believe lightning starts from the ground and goes up to the sky. Did you go to school? <laughs> yeah. And if so, where so that one might avoid sending their own children there? Is that Clackamas Community College <laughs> with a K? I did attend uh, Clackamas High School. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. What's your other point, sir? Um, I was just thinking maybe that's why it went out through the penis. But uh, yeah, if you check it up, I'm pretty sure lightning starts from the ground and then it goes up to the sky. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll look into that as soon as we're done here. No. Yeah. Did you have a Charlie Murphy thing? No. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. Bye. Somebody just sent me that same story again. But thank you for doing somebody it. Somebody said that to me too. You know, the interesting thing is how we he he said it twice, and I was thinking maybe the second time, maybe he just transposed some words, and it would come out, you know, the other way around. But no. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi, Rick, Sarah, and Tim. How's it going? Hey. Hi, thank you. Uh, great. Uh, I think I have an explanation for the guy getting shocked in the junk there. Uh, yeah. Uh, he probably, if he was deep sea fishing or whatever, they wear those belts, you know, and the holds right in front so they can have leverage against the fish. Oh, that like uh, in his head. Like, there you go. Like Quint has in Jaws. Yeah, totally. Okay, excellent. All right. Now that is, so he would be wearing a metal strap right around his region. Uh, something like that. And then he'd have the, the, metal, the metal mount in front of him that holds oh, the fishing okay. pole. There you go. All right, that does that makes a lot more sense than the lightning quote coming out of the ground and going <laughs> yeah, toward the well, sky. But it is a lot of crack and crack in this, so. Yeah. All right. Thank you. <laughs> I show sure Lightning you. comes thank out of the friend. ground. Yeah. And then he said it twice. Like we sort of gave him another bite at the apple. Like, okay, what? Now what? And then he said, no, no, no. It, it, and the best part is that as he put it, quote. It's my understanding, Rick, that lightning comes out of which means that he was taught that by somebody. Probably. Yeah. No, he sounded quite passionate about no, it. No, he too. was a true. I'm going to keep my eye on the ground as I'm walking this afternoon. <laughs> I don't want to be struck by lightning. Stare fixedly at the ground at all times. Rick, this email says, why don't you start off the interview with a nice insult by asking uh, Charlie? Oh, this is he's uh, he's referring to my Craig Gas interview or Kyle Gas rather. When he's uh, this is 
He, he said, why don't you start off by asking Charlie Murphy, what's it like to be an extra, like you did when you interviewed Kyle Gass? Uh, reducing Kyle Gass's roles down to extra status right away worked really well, you know. You should do the same thing with uh, with Charlie Murphy. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing this train wreck. Well, thanks. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, boy. A Portland school bus driver found ammunition in a backpack left on his bus this morning. After dropping the kids off at Roseway Heights School, the driver connected his daily sweep of the bus and found a backpack with 22 caliber rounds inside. The driver returned to the school and alerted the principal. Eventually, the student who owned the backpack was identified. The eighth grader said he found the ammunition while playing at his grandmother's house. Jesus. All right. He told the authorities he collects ammunition, brought it home, but forgot to remove it. School officials say they confirmed there was no malicious intent involved. It's just a visit to grandma's. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this is... Um, uh, let, we've got a, a few different emails. Rick, um, oh, these are about the safety ring, or the safe ring, or whatever it is that I was going to call that. Uh, what if... Well, it's, this is late in the... We talked about this like an hour ago, but... All right. People are asking about the mechanics of the safe ring. They said, what if her hands were tired? Oh, tied. I'm sorry, it's from Jenny. Jenny says, what if her hands are tied and she has a ball? Well, no, no, the thing is, it would, would be on... It's, on your, it's on your pointer finger. So even if your hands were tied, because that wouldn't, like, you don't tie people together to the fingers, I would think. I wouldn't think so. That would be at the wrist or that you'd be, whatever, like cuffs or something. Uh, so, unless they're finger cuffs. Um... It's a 1% joke. Uh, anyway, so even if uh, even if his or her hands were tied, the thing about the, the safe ring is it would be placed, it would be worn like a regular ring but on your pointer finger, and all you would have to do is press it with your thumb, which really the only reason that wouldn't work is if literally like your hands were just bound up with duct tape, in which case you're really probably beyond saving. So that's, that's kind of what you get at that point. Uh, anyway, here's uh, Tim Riley. A 20-year-old actor who appears on the television program is missing. Orlando Brown is 20 years old. He appears on the program That's So Raven. He is missing after leaving his manager's house early yesterday morning. He left the Studio City, California house at 10.20 a.m. to make a fast trip to 7-Eleven, which was within walking distance. He has not been seen or heard from ever since. He didn't show up for any scheduled meetings or appointments in preparation for a photo shoot. And his publicist says she hasn't heard from him either. The actor's close friend, the manager, Ricky Romance. Has, Ricky Romance, really? Uh, Ricky Romance. Excellent. His pr- friend and manager. Wonderful. Has reportedly been posting MySpace bulletins and calling area hospitals in hopes somebody knows where Brown is. He was in talks to have his own That's So Raven spinoff, as well as to release a second album featuring tracks with several top artists. He also made a point, uh, appearances in several television programs and movies, including Family Matters. The Jamie Foxx Show and Nash Bridges. Uh, so if you see that guy, I guess tell somebody. Uh, attention, Richie. Uh, Mr. Skinner at the cancel. He is apparently, uh, he's had some sort of an issue with his car, so he is not able to get to a phone. He's getting his car dealt with, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Rick, questions you can ask Charlie Murphy. What was it like working on the movie Norbit? How did you come to do voice acting for the video game Grand Theft Auto 4 San Andreas? I didn't know that. All right, hold on. GTA 4 San Andreas. GTA 4 4... San Andreas. Oh, you know what I can do? I can also do the, uh, we're talking to uh, Charlie Murphy later on, then Storm Large and Byron Beck. Um, I can also do the fallback question of what should people expect when they come to a Charlie Murphy show? Oh, we need to find out what the show is. <laughs> yes, I suppose we okay, should, and when. Me... Remember that time we interviewed, what was it? Uh, was it the guy from Hell Yeah, and it turns out the show had been like four weeks earlier? <laughs> yeah. When are you coming to town? Last month. What should people expect? I don't remember that one. No, no one does. Well, that's good. <laughs> uh, what should people expect? All right. 
Um, what should people expect? What was it like performing at the Insane Clown Posse's Gathering of the Juggalos? See, this is when I can't sure, I can't be sure if the listeners sure are screwing with me or not. So he's going to be at the Baghdad. <laughs> Just a Juggalo. Oh, no. He's going to be at the Baghdad on April 27th at 8. All right. Juggalo Gathering. Juggalo Gathering. Okay, I'm writing it down because I have no I have no better ideas myself. Yeah, and that interview is coming up in less than 30 minutes. In less than an hour? In less than an hour. All right, here's Tim Riley. Time for a Geek Watch. Here's your Geek Watch. This is a great Geek Watch, by the way, for Wednesday. Ugh, this high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Quasar's dilemma, I remember you used to... Just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but... Because we were wondering if the quantum flux... Now just listen on there, there is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? Better does. Okay, I have to say real briefly, this guy, Eric Lee, uh, just emailed me with, no lie, like six really good, solid questions uh, for Charlie Murphy. Awesome. Well, you are saved. <laughs> that makes your job easier. And it's signed with, you owe me. Uh, yes, I do, sir. All right, so thank you, Eric. Here's Tim Riley. So a man posing as Darth Vader attacked a Star Wars fan who had founded a Jedi church. Arwell Wayne Hughes from Hollyhead. Wherever this is. Hollyhead. This is only the second sentence, too. From admitted assaulting Barney Jones and Cousin Michael with a metal crutch. Barney Jones and Cousin Michael. (laughs) Assaulted in Hollyhead with a metal crutch. They suffered minor injuries. Hughes, who was drunk and dressed in a... I'm Hughes! He was dressed in a black bin bag, shouted Darth Vader. Earlier when Hughes failed to arrive on time, uh, the judge issued an arrest warrant saying, I hope the force will be with him soon. But in the event, Hughes turned up, and the case at Hollyhead was resumed. The court heard that he had jumped over a garden wall wearing a bin bag before the attack. Outlining the case against Hughes, prosecutors Nia Lloyd and Barney Jones has recently started the Jedi Church in Hollyhead in honor of the Star Wars Good Nights. I don't know. What's a bin, is it a garbage bag? I have no idea. I thought he was dressed as Darth Vader. That's what it says here. But he's wearing a garbage bag. Why not? What kind of low-rent Darth Vader is this? Uh, the My clothes are the cleaners. They were playing with lightsabers in the garden shortly before the attack. Hughes admitted two charges of common assault. The court heard he this had This is a... not a common assault. <laughs> really? In no way. He had a chronic alcohol problem. He was drunk the better part after drinking a 10-liter box of wine. <laughs> wine comes in a box. <laughs> a 10-liter box of wine? That's what it says here. Uh, he was wearing a black bin bag and a cape and had a metal crutch in his hand. Uh, Mrs. Lloyd said he was shouting Darth Vader. She added that Hughes hit uh, Barney Jones over the head with a crutch, leaving him with a headache. Well, that's good. Uh, Then he laughed and hit uh, Michael Jackson. Michael Jones in the thigh, causing bruising. Both men uh, left upset by the incident and believed it was pre-planned. She said the uh, pair uh, believed very strongly in the church and their religion. I still have more to go. <laughs> I just, I can't even begin. To, this is like eating a, a big meal and then your body's like, no more. Wait, I got to process. I'm just so basically a kid was dressed in a garbage bag, running yeah. around screaming Matt Damon style, drinking boxes later. of wine after ten liters of wine. And I'm box. still I'm still back on the fact that he bothered to put on a helmet of Darth Vader, but for the rest of it, just decided well it was well enough and just put on a plastic bag for the rest of it. Well, Francis Jones said alcohol was ruining his life, and he had no idea where he got the crutch from. <laughs> oh, I bet the person to whom the crutch belongs knows. <laughs> I don't know where I got this wheelchair or this intravenous drip. They they just appeared. <laughs> and that's about it. 
I think that's more than enough. I think that's more than enough. What more can you ask for? That's the news from Holly Head. Try letting the uh, robot do that. That's going to be... <laughs> Should I leave it for the robot to, to try his hand at If we one? ever... By the way, if we ever get a female call screener, I'm going to name her Holly Head. Female bot. All right. Um, Why would you do that? Because... Did I ever tell you that if we got it, like if we ever had, uh, uh, if we had ever, uh, like when Scotty left, Scotty, uh, this Scotty, isn't even a complete sentence. <laughs> Scotty, who? Um, anyway, oh, I've always, Scotty. I've always wanted to have somebody on the show that I could name Crystal Beth, just because I think it's funny. You can see if Crystal Cash wants to change her name. No Crystal I know. Ball. Crystal. Uh, I'm sorry about we could do, We could do some worse things with that. Right, let's, there's your geek one. Yeah. Right, let's take a break. Back after this, more from Tim Riley. By the sons of Warvan, I shall avenge you. Next. Oh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. Rick Emerson radio program. Coming up uh, later on, we'll talk to. I was trying to think of a way to say like TV's uh, Charlie Murphy. Then I was going to say Vampire in Brooklyn's Charlie Murphy, or according to Wikipedia, Malcolm X's Charlie Murphy. The thing about Wikipedia is you. Uh, I mean, I hate to sound like that guy, but you never really are sure if it's just something people are making up. You know what I mean? I think at one point, didn't we have that thing where as soon as Anna Nicole Smith died, somebody uh, defaced her Wikipedia page to reference us repeatedly? So, I mean, re really, if you, were to, uh, if you were to look at our Wikipedia page and take it seriously, you would actually believe that I was Oregon's entertainer the year three years running. So it's not necessarily a thing in which I'm going to put a lot of stock. Apparently he was in the Navy, though, so we have that now. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, he was on the boondocks, so we'll do that. Uh, and uh, any thoughts on the Democratic primary? That's where I'm at right now. So tune in later to see how that goes. Uh, Storm Large is going to be here later on. Byron Beck as well. This, however, is your personal savior. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Linfield College has banned weapons on campus. I'm not going anymore with that. Uh, apparently, they've uh, changed the policy. They now prohibit guns, swords, hatchets, axes, throwing stars, nunchucks, knives... With a blade of at least seven inches long. So you can have a six-inch knife. That's correct. Fair enough. Anything else that could be considered a weapon. By the way, I do like the idea that they had to specifically say you could not have nunchucks or throwing stars, because apparently they were rampant on the college before mm -hmm. that. And no axes or hatchets. No, of course not. Swords? Did you see this thing about um, this, about this, uh, this headline from CBS3.com? I don't know, Moorestown, wherever that is. But it's this thing about a Burlington County police officer who... There's sort of two things that are funny about this. That he was uh, arrested for performing uh, sex acts on cows. Did you see this? Mm -hmm. Now, amazingly, yeah. that's not the reason I pulled the story. That's the reason I initially looked at it. That was the hook that got me to pay attention, of course. <laughs> that's the one that really made you look at but, it. Okay, but listen, Bill's TSL. Listen to how this is. Listen to how this is written, and how awkward this must be for the other people in the story. I'm just going to read the headline and the, the cow itself. Headline is New Jersey. Oh, it's in New Jersey. New Jersey officer allegedly performed sex acts on cows. Performed them? Well, I mean, he, you oh. know, pr presumably he wasn't. Presumably it wasn't the cow's idea. <laughs> presumably, presumably the cow wasn't giving him like a, you know, like a come hither look. Uh, so, New Jersey officer allegedly performed sex acts on cows. You know what it says next? 
Authorities announced Morristown Officer Robert Malia Jr., 38, has been charged with four counts of animal cruelty after... Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm actually reading it incorrectly. So it's even worse if I read it. It's, listen to this. Okay, so the headline is, New Jersey officer allegedly performs sex acts on cows. Then the next line is, more charges have been filed against a Burlington County police officer who was recently charged with assaulting three girls. I'm going to read the headline and then the lead sentence again. Okay. Headline. New Jersey officer allegedly performed sex acts on cows. cows. Next lead sentence. More charges have been filed against a Burlington County police officer who was recently charged with sexually assaulting three girls. What? I Look at read the headline and then read the first sentence. New Jersey officer allegedly performed sex acts on cows. <laughs> Previously charged with sexual assault on three girls. More child What? You keep saying what? I keep saying, just read the headline and then the first so sentence. So there's no the mention story. of the cows. No, but it goes, the headline is... New Jersey officer allegedly performed sex acts on cows. Now read the first line of the story. More charges have been filed against a Burlington County police officer who was recently charged with sexually assaulting three girls. How'd you like to be one of the three girls right now? <laughs> that's kind of the... There was a long way to go for that, but that's that's kind of my point. Do you see how, like... That it would be very... I do. The first line of the story is that he apparently was... Uh, engaging in sexual misconduct with some girls, but the headline <laughs> is New Jersey officer performs sex acts on cows. I mean, who writes that? Well, whatever. Anyway, uh, I can see in certain municipalities that there there might be some uh, miscommunication in that regard. What do you mean, Tim? Oh, nothing. <laughs> As I thought. Ladies and gentlemen of the minister, are we already introduced him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we oh, have. Hi. I was interrupted. He was reading a news story. Remember? It's 147. What have we been doing? Oh, I don't know. It's Probably been fun, though. Here's Tim Riley. Time for Clergy Watch. Here's your Clergy Watch for uh, Wednesday on the Rick Emerson radio program. Let's count to us out of Florida. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, wait. A Sunday school teacher was accused of taking pictures of young church and youth group members and pasting their faces on sexual images to create his own child pornography. Well, okay. Uh, Danny Parker, who's 38, lives with his parents, of course, in Polk County. He was arrested after a passerby found about nine photos of young girls with missing faces in some trash at an egg farm. An investigation into the faceless photos led to Parker's parents' home in Kathleen. During the search, police found a homemade photo album that uh, Parker created containing images of young girl... Oh, jeez, this gets worse. Uh, posted on top of naked, pornographic, and sexually explicit pictures of women's bodies. Parker later admitted to purchasing adult pornographic magazines from Hillsborough and Pasco counties and altering the images to reflect child pornography. Now, that's interesting. Now, I mean, is, uh, I mean, is that... I mean, clearly it's repellent. Is that a crime? I suppose so it would be. He stopped the pictures at Lake Acres Baptist Church where he volunteered and at the Lake Acres Care Center where he volunteered as a youth camp photographer. I mean, I could guess, I could see maybe being arrested for uh, unlawful use of someone's image. Mm-hmm. But what is he actually charged with? Let's see here. It doesn't doesn't say the actual charge. I mean, is that one of those things? that Because as we sort of get uh, further and further into technology and science, I mean, is it a crime? If you're some... Uh, some insane computer pervert, and you're just sitting at home, like, making your own kitty porn from scratch in Photoshop? Is that even illegal? 
That's just, I mean, depending on the locality. I guess. I would imagine the local laws do vary. Interesting. All right. Well, there you go. There's your clergy watch uh, doing the work of God uh, on Wednesday. Because I got to have faith. Fantastic. All right. A Phoenix Matt says, <laughs> I'm just going to say here's Tim Riley. Sorry. A Phoenix Matt says he caused the red light display that mystified thousands of people as it floated across the North Phoenix sky. The man who did not want to be identified said he used fishing line to attach road flares to helium-filled balloons who wouldn't. Then lit the flares and launched them a minute apart from his backyard. Excellent. Turbulence created by a passing jet caused the balloons to move around. Uh, uh, Lino Melo said he saw his next door neighbor launch those balloons. I saw the guy releasing the balloons with the flares tied to them. I have no doubt where it came from. He added, I don't think it's a cool prank because it can panic people. Phoenix police helicopter pilot Bruce Bates, who saw the light, said the balloon explanation makes sense. People say they saw different shapes, a square, a diamond, an arrow, all in different shapes. You may think it's cool to panic people, but That's just the balloons moving around the wind. Some people think the lights were UFOs. I think people want to believe that's what it was. It's it's entirely true. Um, Let's see. Are these... All right. I take this call with the greatest trepidation. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. I I think you're choosing wisely, but... uh, So if I read or hear that lead sentence correctly, it said more charges were filed, which means he had already been charged with defiling the girls, but then thought that they weren't hot enough, so he went out and defiled the cows. Wow, I hadn't really thought about oh. it that way. That's I hadn't really put it together in my head sort of that subjectively. Good catch, sir. Thank Jesus. you. Thank you. That's Brad. There you go. Excellent. Thank you. Brad. All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Illusionist uh, David Blaine will uh, have quite the stage act for his latest stunt. He will attempt to hold his breath for more than 16 minutes on the April 30th episode of the Oprah Winfrey Show. Such a feat is currently 16 minutes and 14 seconds. Lane's previous stunts included being buried alive in a coffin, fasting 44 days while suspended in a box over London's Thames River, being shackled and suspended above New York City's Times Square in a human gyroscope, and attempting to break the 8-minute, 58-second record for holding one's breath underwater. Is this really what we've come down to for entertainment? What are you going to do? I'm going to hold my breath, and you can all watch. I mean... I, if you don't watch, I'm going to hold my breath. I, th- I'm tired of him. I, me too. And I was just going to say that He's I'm clever. I don't know why I hate him. I just do. Well, he's somebody you you want to see fail, but he hasn't yet. That's the other thing. And again, I'm not wishing for anything bad to happen to him. Uh, we wish him a long life and the best of health. I'm just speaking now. Hold uh, your breath for 17 minutes. As a as a pop culture, hold your breath for three hours. As a pop culture observer, don't you don't you think? Here's what the magicians really ought to do. Uh, I'm speaking now to magicians and illusionists of all varieties. Don't you think that to instill some sort of magic into this, uh, one of them needs to get killed? I mean, really, can't I just speak honestly? Uh, I'm not saying anybody in particular, but I'm saying it's not like there's no, there's no risk. There's no mystery. Is he going to survive? Of course he's going to survive. They always survive. I mean, it's not even interesting. And he's not even doing anything that's fun to watch. You know, like at least, you know, if you're walking on a tightrope or something across Niagara Falls... Uh, that's at least interesting because there's something happening. This is a guy. Like, wasn't the other thing where he just sat somewhere? What are you going to do? I'm going to sit here for three whole weeks. And, like, that was the, that was the biggest thing. He was sitting, and he was sitting immobile, which I guess was supposed to be some sort of compelling television program. It was not. Um, 
So I think that the Magicians Union, they need to have some sort of Shirley Jackson-style lottery. And at the end, they just need to have one of them sacrificed. One of your number must die in uh, while performing an illusion. And then it'll inject some sort of, uh, you know, fun back into it. Because then, you'll, you, then you truly won't know. Because there's just no... There's there's no sort of thrill of this at all because obviously he will succeed. Blah 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 blah. Couldn't care less. So and I would think Oprah would be above such chicanery. Mm-hmm. She seems like a, a bigger person than this. You know David Hasselhoff can't manage to stay out of the news. No. You have to credit him for doing so though. He hasn't had a show in what many many years. What is the last thing? What is the last thing that David Hasselhoff did that was not a drunken YouTube video? Baywatch Nights. Well, he had a brief role in the SpongeBob movie. He had a cameo in that. But I think Baywatch Nights might be it. And Baywatch Nights, wasn't that... I think it was on at the same time as Baywatch. Wasn't that quite literally in the last century? What, was yeah. that not in the last millennium? I believe so, yeah. I don't think that was on in the last eight years uh, here, anyway. I mean, I guess it's still on around the world. But he is one of those guys that just has the name recognition, despite the fact that it's been like a decade since his last project. And he is... Remember, he started that um, rap career. He was the Hoff. Oh, yeah, Don't Hassle the Hoff. I forgot about that, yeah. So he's back in the news today because he had something removed above his eye. He's fine. He's coming out tonight, says uh, Judy Katz. And he was treated at Los Angeles Medical Center. She did not say what was removed, but denied rumors that he was in rehab. Last week, the actor agreed to pay his ex-wife $25,000 in a monthly divorce settlement. In October, he was treated for a relapse into alcoholism. Uh, he and his former wife, Pamela Bart, share uh, custody of their two teenage daughters, 17-year-old Taylor and 15-year-old Haley. They receive an additional $4,000 from their mother. That's all I have to say about him, really. Well, okay. Uh, Actor-producer Mark Wahlberg is reportedly growing his family. According to Ock magazine, Wahlberg and his fiancé, model Rhea Durham, are expecting their third child together. The new addition is expected this fall. The couple have a four-year-old daughter named Ella, a two-year-old son named Michael. Wahlberg got to start as a member of the Marky Mark and the Funky Bunches. He then moved on to a modeling career and roles in films, The Basketball Diaries, Fear, and Boogie Nights. He now produces the hit HBO program Entourage. Last year, he earned the Best Supporting Actor Oscar Don for his role in The Departed. Oh, by the way, at some point in the next hour, we do need to at least briefly talk about Richie's burnt nose. Uh, and, and, uh... Right, because it won't last forever. No, he's going to be healed at some point. What fun will that be? All of Richie's ailments heal, unfortunately. Mm. His damage all seems to be temporary. Um, we got Storm Large coming up, Byron Beck, Charlie Murphy. Uh, we got to, and we got to talk about the Asian brides thing, too. Yeah. I mean, he's up to his eyeballs in Asian women. We don't have any time to break now, because it's so close to two. Yeah, so close to Murphy. So time. now what happens? Uh, now we take random calls. Oh, okay. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, I was just going to say that the last time I heard of David Blaine was him failing. What What did he fail at? He was trying to hold his breath underwater. He was in that big tank in, like, I don't know, New York City or some big city. But, I mean, how did he? in what sense did he fail? He was supposed to go for, like, eight minutes and only went for, like, four. Oh, all right. Well, you know, mm-hmm. it's quickly forgotten. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I don't count it as a true... I don't count a magician as really failing unless they lose an eye or some sort of their uh, cognitive ability. Well, I think he was pulled out of there and had to be resuscitated or something. I so call shenanigans. I think that's probably fake. <laughs> Somebody needs to saw him. That possibly. <laughs> <laughs> that's it right there. You know, it's a, classic, it's a classic trick, too. Maybe Oprah yeah. could do it. All right. <laughs> that's what we should offer to do it ourselves. You need training? No, no, no. We're old hands at this. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? Hey. 
uh, update on David Hasselhoff. His latest gigs have been, uh, he's a judge on that show, America's Got Talent. David and Hasselhoff is judging the talent of other people. Correct. And okay. he also, the last time he made an appearance on television was he was, he made an, a, kind of a cameo at the end of the new pilot episode of the new Knight Rider show. Now, this is now out of touch of things. When did the new Knight Rider show, when did that pilot happen? Uh, I want to say February. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, actually. I didn't even, I didn't even, I, I thought that was a thing. Wait, I'm confusing that with a movie, though, because they're making the movie, right? I, I, I'm pretty sure they are still making the movie, but, yeah, they're, they're going to bring back the show with David, or uh, with the Michael Knight's son driving a an updated kit with the voice of Val Kilmer. <laughs> this sounds like a retarded joke. And uh, you can, you can tell from this conversation that Knight Rider is a thing that we care about, but not too much. Because uh-huh. I kind of know about the movie. You kind of know about the sequel TV show. We all kind of know what David Hassel has been doing, but not enough to really go look it up anywhere. I'm a die, diehard Knight Rider fan, so I had to watch the new movie. Of course the, you the, are. The, new, the pilot. So. All right. What, is the, uh, what does the acronym CAR stand for? Night Industries 2000. No, no, no. That's that's what Kit stands oh, oh, for. Oh, uh, Car, K A R R. The the Knight Automated Roving Robot. Well done, excellent. Thank you. What is Michael Knight's real name? Michael Long. Well done. Okay, sir. I am impressed. You've proven your credentials. Thank you. There you go. Bye now. All right. Oh, you go. guys are a bunch of dorks. All yes. right, Richie, please to be calling. Is it Murphy time? Charlie Murphy. It's Murphy time. Okay. How am I going to introduce him? It's kind of exciting too because his publicist sent me his phone, home phone number. You got to tell me what he's doing because I don't know what he's doing or where. Maybe he's lying in the Murphy you, at bed. The Baghdad. Baghdad. April twenty seventh. Baghdad. Some comedy. Is thing. that Friday? Eight o'clock. Is that Friday? When is that? I think it's Sunday. Well, don't but we say Wednesday, twenty third, twenty fourth. That's Sunday night. Six twenty seven. April twenty seventh. Uh, where are tickets available, sir? Oh, geez, I don't know. All right. Oh crap. See so a website. Reggie's getting it right now. Um, <clears throat> this is awkward. Is exhausted okay. research went into this. <laughs> I was busy looking up Night Rider tidbits. Charlie Murphy, Portland, Oregon info. Find and buy tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster. Charlie. Master. <laughs> Charlie Murphy, Ticketmaster. All right, hold on. Now, you know, after all of this... He's if been he's... doing improv for 17 years. So uh-huh. it, it, Richie's typing the screen. Charlie Murphy in zero minutes. All right, we're waiting. I'm looking anxiously at the screen. Sheriff's office. Uh, this is Mrs. Frosty at 20 Evelyn Court. What's going on? There's an alligator in my kitchen. How long do you think the alligator is? Maybe? It's you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel good about this. Richie's been on the phone for a long time now. Uh-oh. Richie's been taking forever to get this. Do you know it's National Tire Safety Week? No. The Rubber Manufacturers Association of America says, have a little mad tire love. They're checking their tire pressure Uh-oh. with a gauge. They're checking their tire pressure when their tires are cold. And they're also making sure that their tires are inflated to the pressure that's located in the owner's manual or the sticker that's located on the side of the car door. The worst story we've ever had. <laughs> We're just trying to fill time. Okay, so here's what just happened. So I've looked down at the, at the warm line. We can see when Richie's dialing out. So Richie dialed out. The phone was picked up for a while. Then he hung up. Now he's picked up the phone, and he's dialing out again. Make sure your tires are filled with air. They can improve gas <laughs> mileage by 3.3%. Wow, what a boring life she has. Cents a gallon Jesus. Just by keeping their tires properly inflated. <laughs> she is the vice president of the Rubber Manufacturers Association. Are you kidding me? Well, somebody has to have that job. That, she I... makes a lot more than you do. <laughs> she is a typical white person. 
<laughs> All right. Oh, well, hold on. Richie, can you just... Here. Oh, God, I welcome hate this now. so much. Let's welcome to the Rick Emerson Show. He's on KCMD Portland. He's given us some female names by which we could... Let's welcome... Hello, Richie Bristol. Or, I'm sorry, Richie Crystal. How are you? All right, so what is the deal? Uh, I called and then I paged him. And then I called and... I suspect at this point we have a one in three shot of getting Charlie Murphy on the I show. don't think so. His publicist has been stalking me. I'll write her again. Yeah, but you know, publicist and talent are two different things. Sometimes the publicist is really on the game and the, the talent is... Plus, you know, his kid was in the hospital or whatever, so it's... I don't know. Right, let me find her. I fear the worst. I don't. I believe in I'm going to give Murphy. it 30 seconds, then we're going to take a break. Okay, well, should we try calling one more time? Right here... Uh, so let's talk about the tip of your nose. Oh, no. So your nose is really burnt. I mean, just the end. It really is Still? like a Rudolph. Well, let me... Yeah, dude. Is it like, peeling? It's full-on burnt. Go show Sarah. Sarah, come look at... Look at Richie's nose. No, no, oh no. You gotta, no, get, you gotta get over there. Okay. You gotta go show her. Look at the underside of Richie's nose. Oh, my God. That's what I mean. It's not like... it's a, That's no, a that's serious a burn. burn. It's like a bad sunburn. Oh, um, so... So there is, uh, we won't we won't identify them quite yet, but there's a, a, a we have a prospective client uh, that is a, a prospective coffee uh, seller, place sells coffee, a prospective client, and you went by there this morning actually, did you not? Yes. And so uh, the, you actually uh, were talking to the woman selling you the coffee, and I, what does the deal? You found her, you were just so she was hot. Was this the girl whose phone number you got? Did you get her number? Yeah. Was this before or after you burned like yourself? You Don't be coy. I know yeah, you did. Like shoving it in my face. He's carrying it with him right now. Now, was this before or after you burned yourself? Uh, afterwards. Okay, so what is the deal? You were so distracted by the hotness of the woman selling you the coffee that you burned yourself? Yeah. We How were, did it happen? We were talking about cup sizes and coffee cup sizes, of course. <laughs> Boy, you're smooth, Richie. <laughs> hey, hey, lady, I'd like to ask you about cup sizes. And then, and then <laughs> coffee. Of, of course I'm referring to coffee. She gave me the coffee, and then she asked me if I wanted whipped cream. And I said, oh. And I, I'm, this all sounds so pornographic. I, so I took the cap off, and I'm looking at her. Oh, well, I'm looking at I took the her. cap off after she asked me about I'm whipped cream and discussing cup sizes. I'm looking at her. Oh, my gosh. And then I basically... Oh, wait. Okay. So she asked if you wanted whipped cream in your coffee, uh, and you took the, 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 the lid off the coffee. Yeah, and I, without looking, because my eyes are affixed to her. Because your eyes are on her breasts. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're busy staring at her breasts, and so you take the coffee cup off, the lid off. Why did you take the lid off? Because she, she was going to put whipped cream in it. Okay. Uh -huh. It's I... a drive-through place, right? Like a drive-by. So right. you're there. She says, hey, look at my breasts. And by the way, do you want whipped cream? You say yes. And hey, you take the coffee cup lid off, uh -huh. and but while still eyes on her bosoms, you then go to take a drink of the coffee. Uh-huh. And your nose goes into the coffee, which has just come out of the pot and which is scorchingly hot. Yes. Burn your nose right in front of her. And my belly. Now, I was just going to say. And what? It, his, and my belly. Now, I, <laughs> it was to the rim. But I didn't even look at it. And, like, like unbelievably hot, apparently. Yeah. So, did, was the deal that your nose went into the coffee and you pulled up like, ha! But then it sloshed over the side onto your hand and stomach? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I was so embarrassed and... Yeah. But you still but you still had the presence of mind to get her number afterward. Oh, she felt sorry for my... Dumbness. Really? Did she, was it a sympathy number? Is that really what that was? Do you get the real phone number? Should we call and see if it's real? <laughs> no, you should. Wait, does that, do you want me to call her? Is that a, uh, but do you, do you suspect that it was sort of like like when you see a puppy trying to do something and it can't quite pull it off? Like it's trying to use the stairs and it can't. You're going to go, oh, that's so cute. 
Yeah. I mean, really? Okay, but yeah. was she was hot? Oh, yeah, and she has a sister that's just as hot. I don't know how people produce like that. It's, they're both un- unbelievably tense. Wait, was the sister there, too? Yeah, she just walked up. Wait, so she was there, and then the sister happened to come by. Yeah. Both hot. Oh, my. You should be sure to tell her that. You should be yes. sure to point out, hey, your sister's really hot, too, and then wink at her. But she don't do that. Then give her the long wink and go, <laughs> and then say, if you know what I mean, <laughs> say that. That always works with the ladies. So, yeah, your nose is all messed up, man. Yeah. That's no good. No. <laughs> I better. Wait a minute, we're going to be squeezing my nose on video. <laughs> That's the worst thing I've ever heard. I've never heard anything that bad. Um. Well, okay. Well, this is uh, this is awkward because this is the very worst time to break. It's totally awkward. Well, why don't we just sit here and talk to we can talk to Richie about his uh, Asian ladies because I posted would just them on my blog. Like to talk about your lovely Asian brides. Oh, and sure. I mean, if anyone wants to see what a dick Richie is, and frankly, just like Mike, may interrupt for just one moment. Richie. Frankly, if 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 Eddie Murphy, uh, Eddie, <laughs> yes, God damn it, success. If, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, it doesn't count. He didn't hear it. Charlie yeah, Murphy didn't still, hear it. It doesn't count. But you know what? You uttered it, and that's all I've wanted all day. That's like that's like if you catch the food before it hits the floor. Um, if Charlie <laughs> Murphy calls, if he doesn't call within the next couple you minutes, we're going to have to do it another day. I'm sorry, just, we already got his advertising money. You know, and, and it's like, well, and it's like, you know, we got stuff to do. I, I'm not trying to be a jerk, uh, but we got Storm coming in. We got Byron coming in. They're important. It just is kind of frustrating to me because this woman has been literally... Stalking and we me. sort of re- I'm not trying to complain, but we rearranged today because yeah. he was supposed to be in yesterday. I understand things happen. Uh, but if, if, we, if he didn't call in like 90 seconds, uh, we're going to have to just say, look, dude. Uh, and his show's not till next week anyway. No, it's this Sunday. Is it this Sunday? Okay, yeah. but we have Thursday and Friday, though. Yeah. So you know what? Uh, at this point, Richie, if he calls in, it is late enough in the hour now that we're just going to have to bump him. I mean, it's just I hate to do that, uh, you know. I say knowing that that will make the phone ring, but there's no way around it. So, all right. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, something else. Let's talk about something we really care about. Let's talk about Asian ladies. Let's talk about uh, hot Asian ladies. So, Richie, who doesn't is, care about hot Asian ladies? Uh, you are going to be, or you are going to, you are an endorser. Uh, now we're going to be hearing your voice on commercials, and you're now going to be using the service of South Sea Connections, one of our proud sponsors. Uh huh. And this is the deal where they hook up, uh, they hook up American guys with attractive Asian ladies of all varieties. So. I don't even know where to begin. So yesterday, let's just back up. So you filled out the sem- the question the questionnaire uh-huh. in which you said you were not a player. What did you say you were looking for? Uh, all of the above. Just start. Pin- I said start. Everything but player. Everything but player. All right. Everything but player. I'm not. Um, <laughs> only one date in each country. Looking I'll for everything but sex. Um, oh. So. Um, so you had 37 Asian women talking to you as of yesterday, or who were interested? Yeah. All right. Well, no, I dumped like what 15 of them because they were fours or less. So you're not high standards. Five's good. So if it's a five or above, five is good enough for me. If it's, a five or if it's absolutely the middle of the bell curve, good enough for Richie. As long as there's not a six or seven. <laughs> but I mean, is so you're throwing them back if they're less than a five. That's a kind of a catch and release thing you're doing. There. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, so do you have your the sheets that you use to rate these women that posted somewhere? Uh, I emailed them all out. I have them at sarahxdillon.com. Are they at sarahxdillon.com? Mm-hmm. All right, hold on. So There's another one like sarahxdillon.com. I, I put stage two. You see this? Okay. I saw so, the stage two. So you also, so this is, but yesterday, by the end of the show, you had heard from yet more women. Yeah. I, oh, I, wow. I haven't seen, some of these I haven't even seen. So what are these here? Are these the profiles that the girls themselves put, put up? No, the stage two is. 
Because okay. So I'm looking. I'm looking again. Big breasts. I'm looking. I'm looking Richie. again here. Um, I'm looking at it, 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 where it's four foot tall, big breasts, overbite. Nurse. Wait, do you see my caption under? Now, the what's interesting here is this girl with the overbite. You still rank as a six. <laughs> well, let me let's just back up here. So if you can see all of these, by the way, it's sarahxdillon.com. Sarahxdillon.com. You can see. The photographs of these uh, lovely Asian ladies, you can see their profiles, what they're looking for, and then you can see, I swear to God, these are real. We're not, we haven't fabricated these. Off to the side, you can see how Richie has ranked the ladies on the classic 1 to 10 scale, along with his notes. The girl who scores the highest, by the way, in 8 slash 9, it says, holy moly, 19 years old. <laughs> holy moly. So I'm looking at this what is stage two? What is this? Uh, well, it further. says directions. So emails, IMing. So, so tell me about this girl that's labeled stage two. Her name is what? Maisha? Maisha? Yeah. Okay. Maisha. Yeah, Ma- uh, so what is her deal? What is this? Uh, when I guess you, you speaks and writes great English. Yeah, it says speaks oh, yeah. and writes great English, and then the, her member overview says I'm simple lady, <laughs> 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 yet physically attractive. Uh, I have long shiny black hair. Oh, yeah. So what, have you talked to this woman? I am. You I am with her. And emails. Well, let's start out with the emails. You have exchange. It says She's here, cute. it says here, sent slash exchange photos, yeah. emails, I aming, getting, Dude. getting webcam. Who's getting a webcam? You or her? She is. I got one. I'm ready. As she... <laughs> so she's looking for guys ages 25 to 60. Yeah, well, I'm under 60. Somebody's <laughs> picky. 59, wow. So she's getting a webcam because, as you put it, you're already ready. You've got yours. Yeah. Okay. okay. Couple. Uh, call 10 to midnight USA time. Has degree. Wants to get <laughs> master's. So let's see here. Um... Gender, female, age, 27, marital status, single, children, no, lives in Philippines, appearance, very attractive. Next to that, I see three stars. Are those, have you put those? Yeah. Is this the only picture you get to see of her? Uh, no, I have other ones that were... Presumably, she could send you other photos. Yeah, she did. She could, really? Oh, no. What kind of photos did she send you? Uh, general, regular, like webcam. Did you request, um... To see more of her? Well, you, that's part of the deal is you got to, I mean, so that you don't get scammed by webcam girls, you know, or they're scammers. Right. They're, it, part of it is they give you more pictures. and. But, I mean, when you IM'd with her, did you say, like, I would love to see more of you, wink? Uh, no, she asked me if I had a webcam, and then I put on on my webcam, and she didn't have one, but she, she could see me. And then I said, well, if I'm showing you me in a webcam. <laughs> Jumping devil horn, taking off hat. I want some more pictures. All right. Uh, can you uh, go pick up the warm line there? And sort okay. Of, yeah. Okay. Uh, here's what's coming up later on in the program. Uh, we have Storm Large, who's, uh, I saw, lurking out of the hallway. So we'll, yes, she has uh, red new hair, too. Joined by Storm Large and her new uh, rhubarb-colored uh, hair here in just a few. Uh, Byron Beck from the Willamette Week later on. Uh, more from Tim Riley. We'll talk more about You can see, by the way, uh, and we'll take a break here. You can see uh, these photographs of the girls with whom Richie has been corresponding. And then you can also see the notes that he has made judging their appearance, as only Richie Bristol really can. On a 1 through 10 scale, plus added notes. Big breasts. Uh, you can see these at Sarah X. Dillon. Dit. Uh, dit. <laughs> I'm looking at this woman where he's labeled it ditzy. He's, he's, the note is ditzy. I'm like, teddy bear girl. <laughs> All right. Um, anywho, let's take a break. Back after this, you can see uh, all of that at SarahXDillon.com. Around the corner, Storm Large, Byron Beck, uh, and more. Don't go anywhere.
say you love me, you mean in a biblical sense. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Wow. I'm really glad I just turned on your microphone. Did you mouth that? He so mouthed speak? it. Did you mouth that? <laughs> oh. I cannot believe why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. <laughs> You're on notice. I am. I'm sorry. Jesus. Do they know who I am? <laughs> or do they just figure it out he sounds gay? You did but... mouth that, correct? <laughs> he right? sounds gay. I mouthed it, yes. <laughs> okay. Just checking. Because I didn't no quite case. have my headphones on. I, I just saw headphones. I saw your mouth forming the words, I want to blank your... And I was... Anyway, it's one of those things. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show uh, from uh, the left, uh, Byron Beck from the Willamette Week. Hello, yeah, sir. Yeah, but I'm not the one that really they want to hear about. <laughs> oh, Byron. It's the woman to my left that don't, they really uh, want to hear don't about. Don't sell yourself uh, short, Byron. I know, well, Byron. You come in here offering all kinds of cool things to people. <laughs> everyone wants. To, everyone wants yeah. that. I mean, seriously, if, if really, if it's if that's the if that's the door prize I get just by you coming in here, there might be a line. Who knows? <laughs> Well, Byron offered to violate God's law just now as we were uh, rejoining the it was program. Very that's all I'm saying. It involved shaving. Let's just say that. No, Byron, you give. You give and give and you keep on giving. I love you too, Rick. How are you doing today? You seem a little. Uh, you you seem a little flustered. Are you running yeah. behind? I was. I'm really, really behind today, and I'm like already late for this. And I, I would never want to stand up my favorite people. And well, you know, it's just it's enough about me. <laughs> well, okay, okay then. Uh, also, Storm Large joining us in the studio. Hello, howdy. Hello, how you doing? Hey, you got uh, the great like rhubarb colored hair going on today. Now, rhubarb? Was, yeah, it was sort of. Uh, isn't that the color? Is that what you call that? Than I have no idea. Uh, it's sort of dimly little. Bit I don't hair. know what's going on with my hair Rick, these days. Rick, you should never say to a woman that you like that her hair looks, looks like, like a rhubarb. Yeah. Rhubarb. <laughs> oh, you're looking <laughs> like a rhubarb. Kind of looks like celery, doesn't it? But it's red, no, like it's, embarrassed. Yeah, celery. it's like it's like big red celery. Yeah. That's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> big red celery. She's Storm Large. You had well, your hair was like brown or something last. It is kind of brown. It's got yeah. some kind of pink. I don't know. I'm going to do something else to it. This is the part where I say, I love it. Thanks, Byron. I really do. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, all right. But there's, there's so much to uh, to get to here. So uh, still to come this hour, uh, Tim Riley will come in and uh, endeavor in vain to deliver news. Uh, like us coming up at uh, 3, Michael Mara show at 7. All right. So candidates gone wild. This is the thing I do every year uh, where uh, I pretend that I believe in the American political system and mm-hmm. process. Uh, I try my very hardest to sound like a believer in this fading republic of ours, and I mm-hmm. tell people to go to Candidates Gone Wild, uh, where they can watch a midget waving around a hook and demanding to be our leader. Go! <laughs> I think it's cool. It's entertaining. It's it's city politics, but we also are going to have um, we're going to have uh, people from the mayoral race, people from the city council's race, and um, and three senators. And the bikini mayor of Arlington. The bikini oh, mayor. Oh, yeah. Is What's coming. her name? What's uh, 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 Carmen. Pretty? Yes, Carmen. Carmen. Uh, but she's the one that got. She had the MySpace photo where she was like in a bikini, and they uh, and all the, the and they fired her the because the blue they, hair is like. Yeah, they fired. They recalled her because they would rather be famous for having Oregon's largest dump. Yeah. yeah. Than having a hot mayor who's doing a really good job and whatever. Hot cougar mom. She's yeah. you know cougars. She's not. A, is she? Is she even? She's. I mean, late thirties. I think. I think everybody in that city has to be over thirty. I think it's just hot. You know. Hey man, we're all over thirty except Sarah. You're not thirty yet. Mm-mm. Please. Wench. <laughs> and you've got Storm's hair. It's a little blonde. It's a little blonde. She's got the good Yeah, hair. I'm about ready to do something with it, too. I'm a little yeah, bored with my hair Yeah, it's springtime. It's time to shed the old. But anyway. Uh, well, just so I can make sure that I get this out. So it's CandidatesGoneWild.com. Uh, show starts at 8 p.m. Doors at 7. Monday, April 28th uh, at the Roseland. And, well, uh, here's the thing, though. It's Storm's show. And uh, so don't it's... Don't blame the, me. Well, here's the thing. No pressure. I, we, I've... 
been involved with Canets Gone Wild for years, and this is the first time. I mean, I think a Storm's been there before, and she sang the Star Spangled Banner, and she looked beautiful. But now this is her show. So imagine Steve Novick, Jeff Merkley, some other crazy folks running for office, and Storm. And a live microphone. Uh-huh. And a, a live microphone and no delay. So, uh, is there a certain? There's a. Am I allowed to say on the radio a certain feminine hygiene product that involves like uh, salad dressing ingredients? You know what I'm saying? You mean a douche? Oh, you can say that. It's a. It's a clinical product. I mean, as long as we're not discussing it in a prurient fashion. Okay. It is. That is a. Uh, that is. It'll, in fact, we spent a whole day talking we about We spent a long. Okay, well, because we had this, and uh, we will tread lightly, uh, as they say, through these next through mo- the next few moments. But uh, we had a whole discussion, and it was prompted by me asking, in all good faith. I did not know what an actual douche bag was. Like what? What is? And I'm still unclear about it. Like what is the bag? I think we concluded it's the hot Gosh, water bottle. Turn on right? the TV. No, Have but you're... I mean that's a that's the bottle. I mean is the bag a thing you put it in when you're done and I kick it, it out of the trash? Be, I think there used to be a bag like back in the day. Do you want to hear the worst story ever? For, okay, what? Uh, this is the worst story you've ever heard. Now are you asking to hear this? It doesn't oh, involve no. your mother. The... It doesn't involve my mother. Okay. Ooh. Are you going to retell? I'll, I'll tell it. So, oh, um, this is now you've uh, you've met Richie Bristol, who's our PA, works yeah. back there, screens phones, wrangles guests, does all the good stuff. So, does he do drag? I think so. Okay, just drug or drag? Drag. drag. He had drag queen eyebrows. I know it's just. I was going to say the answer to either of those is probably yes, but I didn't know about which one you were inquiring. Okay. He did say earlier today. I was talking how at one point I would I had. Anyway, it's a, never mind. Okay. Uh, the, there's Back so to much the to talk about with Richie it, it, today that if, if <laughs> I went really down that road, I know. You, the, the number of great stories that Richie has provided us with in just like the last uh, week. I mean, cannot even begin. Yeah, let me just tell you this. Richie was so distracted by a woman's brush this morning that he burned his face. He gave himself like second degree burns. It's blistering. On the on end his of his nose. nose. If you look at the end of his nose, it looks like a really bad sunburn. He was getting coffee. Uh, the woman giving him the coffee, apparently well endowed, hot, whatever. She's like, hey, if you want to, I'll put some cream in that, take the lid off. So he has the whole, fu- the full cup of coffee, takes the lid off, doesn't realize it's brimming because he's staring at her cleavage. And then he tries to be all smooth, like taking the big drink while looking at her. <gasps> oh, nose whoa! right into the coffee, burns the end of his nose to the fact that it's peeling already, and then burns his stomach. And then, you know, and she gave him still got her the number, number yeah. after that. So that says a lot about her. I will also say, by the way, that Richie had has one the, eye and the other one was glass. He did. Uh, he did wear the other day a mesh shirt. And his first question to us was, can you see my nipples? So, you know, draw your own conclusion. He is oh, gay. He's Richie. gay. He's gay. Do you think? Well, Mesh. That's Byron Beck saying that, by the way. Rick Emerson's not sorry, weighing in. But then why would he be spending so much time trying to find glamorous Asian brides? Moving on. Because they look like... No, no, no. Let's... We're going to back up. I'm going to tell the story, and then we'll talk a little bit more candidate stuff, and then we'll talk about uh, about the listener party. So, um, so this... I have to tell the story, though. Uh, so, Richie Bristol, when he was a younger uh, boy, uh, he and his brother, who I think is about his age, he and his brother were out... I don't know. They were riding their bikes or whatever. They were like 12, 13, 14, something like that. The airport. Yeah, they were doing something or other, out engaging in some sort of adolescent uh, chicanery. And he sees his brother, and you know how your your uh, your bicycle has like the the water bottle holder. He looks over, and in the water bottle holder on his brother's bicycle is not a water bottle, but what is clearly a disposable douche bottle. Gross. And he says to his brother. Hey, what what's that? And they goes, that's a water bottle I've been using. And Richie, no, wait for it. And Richie says, where did you get that? And the brother says, out of our trash. Because, of course, it had been their moms. Uh, uh, Try to wash that off. 
Oh, that so, is so fantastic. You know, the best part is when Richie said, why don't you come back to the house? And they went to the house, and Richie got, like, a new one from under the sink and took out the little booklet and diagram and showed it to the brother. It's like, hey, guess where that was? So uh, oh. apparently the brother, as Richie said, went into the room, curled into a fetal position, and just cried for the rest of the day. Oh, <laughs> my God. Is the brother yeah. gay? Because that, if that, nothing's going to turn you gay, that's going to turn you gay. I mean, gay. really, it does seem like that would uh, that'd put you off everything for a while. Wow. Uh, I won't get into my mom's and, and my mother and her, the enemas stories, how enemas fixed everything. Okay. Uh, we're here with Byron Dexter. This is your idea. And, you uh, made the decision to bring everybody in at the so same large. time. I know. Well, no, I brought, up, I brought up the term douche because I... You oh, that's know, right. Were, this was all about Storm. This wasn't no, 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 about no, no, no. Richie or me or No, this Dave was, a, this was about like what, what the kind of shenanigans go on on uh, Candidates Gone Wild because, you know, we... we we like to learn about our candidates and learn about our city things and, and taking care of business and whatnot. But last year, I think I called Ben Westland a douche, didn't I? Yeah. Well, he grabbed you backstage. He grabbed me backstage, but then he was being a sexist pig on stage. Oh, so. he did a lot of things that really why he should never be elected for office. But I think he is an office. He right? is an office. But He's he was... a lovely guy, but man, what a dork. Lovely, lovely. Do you get the feeling that sometimes Sarah and I are just sort of over here, just kind of minding our own business? Sorry. Which I know, I mean, in the best possible way. I mean, that really is... Just through gossip. Some right? of it is the magic of radio, that it is just a casual conversation into which everybody can listen. But it's going to be super fun. I mean, yeah. it's going to be... I will say this. Look, all kidding aside, I... You know, everybody knows that I just... I view politics as... as this is just me saying this, that I just view politics as, as a spectator sport uh, in this country to a large degree. Uh, I do believe that I there's... i got to stop you, Rick, because I, it's no longer that way anymore. Yeah. Well, Pitch it. I guess my, before I give you... The, the, I was just going to say my, my point, though, is even for people who, who believe like I do, even for the folks who are sort of in my... I, it's worth going to anyway because, A, uh, Canada's Gone Wild is great. It's funny. It's entertaining. Um, and as uh, as Bill Cosby used to say, and if you're not careful, you just might learn something before it's done. So, you know, who's well, to say? And there's Storm. Oh. Okay. Here's the thing. Storm's a big Obama supporter. I'm a big Clinton supporter. I had a good night last oh, night. Oh, really? Fight it out. Right now. Come right. on, do it. Oh, I don't, I'm not, you know what, besides the skin and the genitals, I think they're pretty much the same person. <laughs> Probably. And the age. And the and well and the uh, we kind of hung out together with Chelsea Clinton last week, didn't we? Oh, I didn't get to see her. She was buried under a a, a tackle pack of queens. And did we had Chelsea party. Clinton? She with Chelsea yeah, Clinton was at the right. red dress party. And I was on she's top cute. of her. She's <laughs> cute. You know, she, the, she does not photograph well, but I can't tell if she's attractive you. or not. She is. She's a tiny right? little thing and adorable and, and in person looks really good. She went through that whole awkward stage where she looked like a rule doll drawing. She looked like Violet oh, Beauregard yeah, yeah. or somebody. Yeah, but you uh, know, we all look like that. Oh, no. I, I still do. I look like that now, yes. Uh so I, I didn't see her in person. I mean, I kind of, you know, I do admire the way that Chelsea Clinton sort of handled the inevitable Monica Lewinsky questions that always get thrown her way by some jackhole in the audience. I got to admire her for not flipping out and pulling an Amy Carter because, I mean, the, she's sure. an only child. And she's, yeah. I mean, the pressure of this situation right now and the, the, the crazy history of her father and now, now her mom cr- trying to create another legacy of Clintonians. It, she's handled it really well, I think. She hasn't had any public freakouts, and maybe I'm she's curious. Educated. I'm curious if your listeners would do or not do Chelsea Clinton. Are you asking me, or are you asking the listeners? listeners. Rick totally Wait, would. how old is she? Well, she's, she's way over totally 18. Old she's way over 18. Oh, she's, totally, absolutely. She's like oh, dude, almost I think 30. She's, yeah, I think she's, no, she's not almost 30. I, I don't know. Was I, well, you know what? We 25. Have, on this program, we've learned that we always have to double-check the age of anybody That's about true. whom we're going to talk. That's uh, true. No, I, totally, absolutely. 
I mean, I'm still I'm still not over Monica Lewinsky. So I mean, okay. you know, she's still in the. Uh, All right, so know, she's, I'm in she's the, 28. I'm in the camp. 28. Wow. God damn, I'm old. I said almost 30. Could I be more? Wow, old? you were In right. the camp of meeting Jesus. Monica Lewinsky and meeting Chelsea Clinton. I love Chelsea Clinton. I mean, I've met both of them, and I'm name dropping here. That's really bad. I'm. Have you met Monica Lewinsky? Oh yeah. When? Last year. I told you. Was she hot? She was. Was she hot in a trashy kind of way? She was hot in a trashy kind oh, of way, in a kind of like excellent. back in the closet kind of way that would happen at the Watkins. <laughs> in and a dimly lit room with one eye poked out kind of way. <laughs> yeah, she, but she was more worried. I shouldn't say this because kind of she lives in this town uh, off and on. And what? She could, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She, she went to Lewis and Clark. Well, she, she still have, lives here. I have a friend oh, of mine. I, well, her parents lived in Beverly Hills. She went to Lewis and Clark. I have a friend of mine who will not name, I will not name, a friend of mine who purports to have uh, nude photos of her from wow. the Lewis and Clark days. Uh, and That's I great. should say for I should say for the record I haven't seen him, but he kind of holds him over my head because he knows I got kind of a thing for her. Uh, and he's just like I got those nude photos of Monica Lewinsky, but I've always found her hot in a sort of slatternly kind of way. I uh, she fell in love with my partner Juan, but they bonded well, who, over who has who yeah. couldn't fall in love with Juan? Juan. Oh. They bonded over toenails and like what she, colors she was painting. Her where toenails. did you where did you meet her <laughs> at a party? Okay. Really at a party. <laughs> and, you know, and but the, uh, back to storm and uh, <laughs> no, it's well. I wanted to I wanted to talk about for just a quick second, Rick's. Uh, I mean, I feel the same way about politics, really, in the general in the general big scheme of things. But city politics, are, I think, are a little different because you actually can see things actually changing, and you can actually talk to. It's a little more approachable. I will say, the smaller the office, the more uh, chance it has of actually doing something within its sphere of influence. I'll grant you that. Yeah. Right? And, and then let can... me just say this about Storm. I've learned stuff about politics from you, just watching you go through this process, and knowing that uh, you've kind of committed yourself to this process, especially when you did your Christmas concert, and you sang with Sam Adams, which was yeah. the best thing ever. That Christmas concert was righteous, can I say? And you had... What's her name? Who was the PDX Teen Idol winner? Oh, and what was her name? Uh, oh, I forget her name. Let's just call her Pretty Pony. I'm saying no. no. She was so great. Pretty she, Pony. Actually, no. Katie. She was. I, I apologize for forgetting her name. Oh God, no! Because I, I was a judge at that. I was a judge Davey at the thing where she won. And James, Davey Nipples, and James are judging it this uh, Saturday. It was They're cool. Doing Portland Teen Idol again. The best part was how this girl who won the PDX Teen Idol contest, Scotty J, and I had been judges there, and Stephanie Schneiderman, and um, she won. And then I saw her again at your Christmas thing. And she was singing uh, Beautiful, which uh -huh. is a great song. And I was thinking to like, oh, my God, how is this girl going to react to standing next to Storm when Storm says the F word? And then, lo and behold, she says it. Yeah. That line about, you know, all they say, man, I, I used her. to F her. Yeah, I and she, that. like, belted it out. And we were all, yeah. It was, it was, it was a righteous moment. Was there, and I was like, okay, is it all right? And they were all excited. No, it was cool. Oh, cool. And at I the end of the night, Storm came out, and it was a great show. And she talked about why she, we should vote. And she kind of... Uh, Ever since then, I've been totally in love with Storm's politics. Storm's politics are going to be on Showcase at Candidates Gone Wild. And if you really want to see what the real deal is, she's the one for it. Um, oh. Hey, um, all right. Let's, uh, so we will, uh, re we will rejoin Byron back here and uh, Storm uh, Large in just a moment. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome out of the Rick Emerson program, your personal savior. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. I think we're wrong. I got this letter from John, who says, All right, Mr. Sure of Yourself, you owe my friend in Clackamas an apology. Can you imagine apologizing to somebody in Clackamas? <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather die. So John, apparently, who's an expert on lightning, says, There is a type of lightning that originates from the ground up, <laughs> connecting to a cumulus cloud. That's a lie. In an upward-moving stroke, it is called ground-to-cloud lightning. 
in an upward moving stroke. You ate all that smarty pants. <laughs> not not my comment. Did he actually that he say said? that? Really? Yes. yes. All right. Whatever. You know. Here's the thing. At this point, we just choose not to believe it. Yeah, we're invested, so we're going to choose not to believe it, and we are going to cling to our belief, whether or not it's accurate. So take that, clack man. <laughs> I do that every day. Seriously. We uh, decide what the truth is here. Uh, Paris Hilton has reportedly been banned from a top Russian hotel after signing her name on its expensive wallpaper. Uh, let's see here. She was at a $16,000 a night suite in the Hyatt Hotel in the Russian capital. She wrote on the wall for a photo shoot in the room with the boss of the hotel are unimpressed and find her $9,000. At least they allowed her to live. I was just going to say, Russian. you don't want to screw with the Russians, man. We will find you your life. I mean, they were turned here into meatballs. And she, she was the everyday Russian. I mean, where is that pair? She is recovering at a dacha in the countryside. Ask no further questions. The hotel spokesman says, Miss Hilton ruined the wallpaper in the luxury suite. In such a case, the client automatically goes on the blacklist. Oh, she was... I don't think blacklist in Russia no, means black, the same thing it means no. here, either. That's a whole lot of, like, your whole family is turned into yeah. liquid somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, apparently, she was in Moscow to host Russia's MTV Awards. What would they possibly watch on I, Russian I, television? I don't know. Here's a picture of a potato. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, you screw with them, and they'll, uh, they'll repaint that hotel room a new shade called Hint of Brain. So uh, that's it for now. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, Woo! greatest newsman in the history of the world, back at 4, 5, 6, and 7. Top of the other way through life. Good All right. Um, so uh, anyway, so Candidates Gone Wild is coming up Monday, April 28th, 8 p.m. Uh, tickets available at now at candidatesgonewild.com. Um, if we can shift uh, now to uh, being all about me. Yes, go uh, ahead. Do we, Tara, Sarah, do we have time to talk for a second or do we need to break now? Why don't we knock the break out because this is a little bit longer right. and then we can talk. Take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about Rick Emerson Listener Party 2008, Emerson's 11, uh, and uh, the Rick Emerson Roast. So we will discuss that here in just a few. Byron Beck is here. Storm Large is here. Uh, Tom Like is at 3. Michael Mara Show at 7. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Go nowhere. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Thank you for coming along. Like us at 3, Michael Maris Show uh, at 7. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Dorothy Carter-Terry <laughs> from the National Enquirer. And, and once again. Again, Charlie Murphy. <laughs> so, the publicist go. wrote, because she, she'd already left the office, and she's like, I'm sorry, I told him a million times. Just cry, I mean, what can you do? It's cross signals. Uh, and then Friday, Jonathan Colton uh, joins us in the studio. So a get your... A Portland girl's on the cover of the National Enquirer right now. Oh, Beth, Beth Ditto. Who is that? Beth from the, Beth gossip. from the gossip. She has enormous, oh, oh, enormous right, thighs, right. and she eats chickens. <laughs> she, she, she eats chickens. <laughs> she does. Bring me your chickens! And she eats buckets of chicken and two cartons of ice cream in one city, <laughs> and that's why she's on the cover of the National Enquirer. Well, well done. Well, we've all got to be famous for something, I suppose. <laughs> um... All right, so uh, so we've got uh, Rick Emerson Listener Party 2008, uh, Emerson's 11, which is coming up Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. at the Crystal Ballroom to answer a couple questions. Uh, no tickets, no cover. Just get your ID, B21, uh, and be there. Starts at 8 p.m. Uh, actually, the, our thing starts at 8 p.m. Uh, doors open at 7. You want to be there early because there's going to be a... Um, Small special event happening bef uh, before 8 p.m. So we'll we'll talk more about that sort of as, as things progress. But, but will there be a VIP lounge? Uh, by which do you mean? Is there a place where Byron Beck can go and get free alcohol? Is yeah. that really what this is all about? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, maybe Richie, maybe Richie can hook you up with something. Oh, I'm sure he wants Did to. Did Richie now. just come in and mount the camera in the studio? Yes, at my face. Is that what he said? Richie's like, let's see if you like being made uncomfortable, Byron Beck. Well, <laughs> just because I called him a drag queen because of his eyebrows. <laughs> 
It wasn't. Oh, I, thought drag it was, I thought it was because of all like his glittery sequin scarves and crap that well, he had. And, and the mesh. Cologne and the mesh and the. I thought well it was because of the many gay apparel items that he had. Can we bring him in here? I want to see his drag queen eyebrow. Richie, can you please? Uh, please don't play it. Please don't play it. Please no, don't I gotta play, play the Richie sounder. Let me just. Mm. Richie, if you can please join us in the studio. Is he a straight gay or a gay straight? I'm not making any observations about Richie Bristol. That would be inappropriate of me. Uh, but you can. You can make all the observations <laughs> you like, Byron. Uh, hey, Richie, you want to come over here? Hi, Richie Bristol. Why don't you uh, go over and... Here. I thought that for the longest sure time. Sarah's mic. No, it's Richie squeezing... Uh, he had an ew, injury on his ew, face. Ew, don't eat... Ew, yeah, that's ew, why. All right, well, that's let's... That's why I don't want to hear it. Moving on. Look at his nose, though. Check, it's all burnt. Behold the power of breasts. Oh, my God. Yeah, gay men love breasts, too. Let me ask you this, Byron. Would you, Man breasts? Can I... Um, <laughs> I have a question that somebody emailed in. Now, it might make one or more people in this room uncomfortable. Awesome. It works for me. Somebody wants to know, Byron, if you would do Storm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Heart, in a heartbeat. Two seconds. I've actually done her in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, Storm, how uncomfortable are you made by that? I'm fine with that. You know what? If a gay guy thinks you're hot, then you are absolutely hot. David Cassidy said that, actually. He said that when he started receiving an equal number They're of mail from men, he's like, I knew I'd made it. You yeah, know? And no, it's God true. bless him. It's God, true. God love him. Uh, I don't think Richie you, has Byron. drag queen eyebrows. Uh, wow. Fluttering <laughs> his eyes. No, you wow. flutter very well, though. <laughs> Look, we're talking about eyelashes. He's flashing his eyelashes. No, they're not, they're not, they're not shaped in any way. Oh, of course they are. Look, there's so much. Richie, do you push. shape your eyebrows? These? You sculpt those? Uh, I have Asian ladies actually <gasps> fluff them. I told you. Byron, how did Well spotted. Oh my god. <laughs> I can spot. I can spot a gay man from 20 paces, baby. <laughs> I had to put in their Asian ladies plucking them. <laughs> oh, you're right. That's not gay. No. Yeah, we call them. We call them lady when boys. Someone else does the eyebrow checking. We have to schedule appointments to get your body hair turned. Oh my god. Look at the little quaff. He has a quaff, and in the quaff there is like it's highlights. Uh, that's your hair, dude. Uh, so your hair is it? Was your hair colored, frosted, something like that? Tips. Yeah, yeah. like tips. And then you have Asian ladies sculpt your eyebrows. I have no idea. Do you have the Asian ladies or whoever else, um, like, wax your action, too? <laughs> is that what the kids call it now? He's hesitating. Your area? Have you been... Your you, Have you been... You wax your action? I don't have hair on my legs. <laughs> I just came up with that. Hold on. Did you make that up? I did. You That's genius. It? Wax your action. I'm totally using that. Ooh. So is that is that something that you do? Do you have your action wax? I do it myself. Oh, my God. Wait, but not a waxing. No, I got a special shaver for that. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not taking any more steps forward here. I'm. I'm ejecting. I'm pulling the ripcord. We start asking about the silky drawers he keeps in his private private place. No, no, no. He does have a throw pillow with a huge glittery R on it. I will say that. Oh, Richie, things aren't boding well for you, dude. Richie, do you have a box where you keep your special? Can you unhinge your jaws like an egg snake? And how are your gag reflexes? Do you have a box that mom and dad can never see? Yes. Wow. A crate into which everything uh, goes when they come to town. Gladiator films. Over and over. You just like hanging out in the men's locker room. Sorry. No, uh, should we got it? We got stuff to talk about. Rick. Yes, I'm sorry. Focus. I'm just I'm all I'm lost in the horror. I'm gonna um, go now. All right, bye Richie. Bye Richie. All right. Uh, so Rick Emerson, listener party love is coming up. Uh, the uh, the Rick Emerson roast. So we've announced that Byron Beck. Is going to be a roaster. Peter Carlin from the Oregonian, Sarah X. Dillon, uh, Aaron Duran, and Scott Daly will be a roasting team. Roastmaster Carl Click from K2. Um, so here's the thing. 
It will not surprise anybody uh, that we asked Storm to be a roaster. Storm, I swear to Christ, her first response was, I don't want to be mean to you. When you're like one of the meanest people we know, no offense, it's what we love about you. I know, I know but I love you. And it's, it, I can be, if someone, if someone gets up in my mug, I, I'll, I'll rip them a new one. But, but people I care about, and moreover, people I respect, Rick Emerson. Oh. And very hard, it's very hard to be mean. Mm-hmm. But I could possibly, maybe. You're totally doing it. We're hanging out tonight, and we're going to drink wine and write our speeches. Well, we floated the idea of you and Davey doing it, and he would be like the bad cop, and you'd be like the good top. Where, a cop, where he would say, like, the, Dave, good, top. the good top. Nice. For audience slips. Uh, where Davey would say, like, Rick Emerson is so fat, he could eat the internet, or whatever. And then, like, you would say oh, something innocuous. Alone, you know. or yeah. But apparently, uh,. Apparently, he doesn't want any part of it. Was he uncomfortable? He's made he, awkward by the whole... Well, he also... Seriously, what yeah, has fond feelings for so, you. So, Rip, do you think it's because she's secretly in love with you? Oh, that's exactly why. <laughs> sure. That was going to be my first guess. Well, I have I, I have notions of how to describe how kind of creepy you are in a way. And, Excellent. And, uh, but still be in, in, a lo- in a loving, supportive, respectful way. So, so I'll figure it out. So can we, we can say that roasters to include uh, Carl Click, Peter Carlin, Byron Beck, Sarah X. Dillon... Uh, Aaron Durant, Scott Daly, and Storm Large. Yes, you can. There you go. You heard it here first. Among the roasters, now added to the list. Storm Large. Uh, musical accompaniment, uh, well, musical entertainment by Nickel Arcade. Uh, oh, Emer- I'm so excited! Mm-hmm. You know, those guys will be there. Uh, Emerson Starship will be doing their thing. We have uh, other uh, surprises and revelations. Nice. And oh, whatever, Nickel Arcade's so. playing tonight too at Satyricon. If anyone wants to go check them out, go see it. The con. All right. Uh, how long do we have here? Uh, about 15 seconds. All right. So, uh, Candidates Gone Wild. Uh, CandidatesGoneWild.com is the website. Uh, show starts at 8 p.m. Doors at 7. Monday. When is it? Monday? Monday, April 28th at the Roseland. Hosted by the one and only Storm Large. Uh, what else is coming up in the world of Storm? Um, I'm going to Los Angeles to record a song. I'll talk more about that later. Okay. Byron Beck, what else is coming up in the world of, uh, of the Willamette? I'm going home to feed my dog. You got a new dog? No. Oh, no, my dog died. My other dog. So, no, I didn't get a new oh, dog. Wait, is this code for something? No, no. No, no it's I, not. Just, I, How can you... T- I can't Never follow. Mind. All right. <laughs> All right, kids. We want to thank Byron, oh, Byron. Beck, Storm Large. Uh, tomorrow, Charlie Murphy. Friday, Jonathan Colton. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio. In the newsroom, Tim Riley. On the phones, Richie Bristol. The gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. Uh, CBS Radio Director of Engineering, Brian Jones. The webmistress, Bridget from upstairs. And, of course, CBS Radio Portland Market. Guru Susan, don't F with me, Reynolds. Like us next, Michael Mara at 7. As always, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you all tomorrow. Don't let the bastards grind you down and whatnot. Uh, see you tomorrow, 10 for the recap, 11 for the show. Bye now. If I had breasts, I would just stay home with a mirror all day. <laughs>